Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, February 17th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Some really important news that's outside of the, the kind of focal point of everything going on right now that came out on the 15th, actually. Not surprising that it's not being covered by any of the corporate media as most any important story, it seems, that's just outside of what they want you to see. Just since I was just doing it, I want to make a quick note about the fact that I'm trying to go live on Locals for those that uh, they're, they're, they're beta testing some the, the live streaming aspect uh, of doing RTMP, so not just one platform of being able to multi-stream. And I just tried to, but it wasn't working, so I had to end it. So apologize for those on Locals, but we're going to start doing that as well. We've got a great show today. A lot of really important stuff. Some censorship right out of the gate. I'm going to show you that I knew was going to be coming. A shout out to the pirate stream community uh, in general, in regard to the T-Lab pirate streams, but also the pirate stream media that we're building in general. But we're going to talk today about a really important article from Spiegel from, from Germany that's, po- that's exposing that an Israeli company, at least they argue in, in the cover that they're unable to draw links to the Israeli government. So that that's the way you should read that, except the reality is much different in regard to how the Israeli government, or rather just much more on the surface, how the Israeli government completely is, intermingles itself with most of these, especially the intelligence adjacent kind of companies, you know, that they're just completely overlapped and the, the line between government and these companies are hard to see. Whitney's done a lot of good work on this, but it just for, so it's clear, the point is a company that's Israeli and this company has now been caught I guess, effectively changing the outcome of 27 different elections around the world. 33 of them, they tried. <laughs> 27 of them, they effectively changed the outcome. I, you know, you, you'd be forgiven for wondering why the corporate media wouldn't cover that story. Because, you know, they seem to care a lot about election manipulation or at least discussions of it. But not this one. I'm sure you can tell why. Now we're going to get into what that means and how important that is and an overlap with Ukraine again and showing you another interesting extension of the story we just talked about. Something that we've talked about in the past, something that's kind of a it's it's disregarded as sort of a conspiracy theory. Lucas Gage actually shared it under something that I'm going to show again today and show you that this is something that's it, even though it's dismissed as ridiculous, a conspiracy theory, it's about the simplest thing in the world to prove. And we'll go through that today. And this is like the overlap of of Ukraine and the ISIS patch we just saw on Ukrainian soldiers and the overlap of ISIS and the Israeli government. Just the same kind of point we make with the overlap of the is the United States government and the being in, at least in part the creation, funding and control of these out these uh, entities, excuse me, as Ben Swan's documentary has made clear in regard to ISIS and Al Qaeda. Same thing with. Uh, James Corbett's documentaries. It's very, very clear. We shouldn't be pulling punches about this today. The U.S. government is acutely involved with the creation and to this very day, the funding and support of some parts of this large, seemingly uncontrollable apparatus of extremism they pretend that they're fighting and not really at all. Well, we're going to get into that overlap of these two countries. And then we're also going to talk about Ohio again today. Now, a lot of this is follow up. I feel like the last two things we covered posed most of the most the most of the most important questions and the dioxin part of it really being a huge point of concern for me. I had a great talk with Courtney uh, Turner today, which will come out later. It was recorded, but it was, we talked about a lot of this today and, and the Ohio part of it is going, and we're going to go over the updates. Uh, Addy adds, it was on the ground. I'm going to be keeping a, a look for some notifications from him. If he gets to me uh, it, while we're live, I'm going to jump to him so we can tell you what he's seeing on the ground. Uh, but we have a couple of videos he sent. On that note, actually, I'm going to grab this link and send it to him. 
but we have a couple videos he sent from live on the ground, which are, you know, you've seen other videos of this, but just so you can confirm for yourself, this is somebody that we know that I know is there that I can confirm what he's seeing. And it's just shocking to see how, how bad it really is, at least on the river and the surrounding areas of the, you know, at the very least inside of this one mile area, but it's, there's so much more showing that's it's much farther reaching than that. And I think it's important for us to understand that, as much as there's games being played or rather just, I mean, you could argue they're just trying to downplay risks, not necessarily games. I think there's more going on here. My personal opinion is this is, there is an active cover up at some level happening, but it shouldn't be that shocking. It doesn't have to be some kind of, you know, the kind of conspiratorial perspective they're trying to frame it as in the corporate media we've seen. Oh, and I'm going to get to it. And I'm just reminding myself that I've have some corrections to make. I kept saying Enron the other day and it's Exxon, but sorry, let me just do this before I lose my train of thought. I want to make sure he he can join me, Addy. And so I'm going to give him the log. I should have done this before we went live, but bear with me. So he can join us. And I really would like you guys to get his perspective on what he's seeing, his, you know, his thoughts on what he's seen, who he's talked to, and just engage in that way. So I'm going to send that to him right there and here. Okay. Oh, sorry, guys. There it is. Okay, now let's get let's begin. The reason I want that and want that to be done is because I want people to understand that this is as simple as it gets to see what's really happening on the ground, in the river, around the area. And at best, they can't be absolutely certain that this is safe. And we have people struggling, animals dying. I mean, this stuff is easily documented. So I'm not trying to say we know for sure that it's some grander thing, but I'm worried about that. And we have a right to with experts themselves who have spoken up, who know this stuff, who are saying there's no way that it's as small as they're making it out to be. So we're going to go through that again today and point out some of the follow ups, the information we're seeing there and and some other concerning points that I think are just very, very strange. And just to ask the broad question, you know, is there more than this or is it just a, a train crash that they're trying to hide the out the fallout from? I kind of think it's more than that, but that's just my opinion. At the very least, be willing to ask questions and don't assume things are the way they are until we have something that can prove that, right? That's the way it goes on both sides of this. But we're also going to talk about COVID-19 for a little bit today. And one point about Red Cross that I just really want to stick, I want to make sure we don't miss this. This is something that's, there's many points along COVID-19 that have been completely, utterly proven, broken down, like obviously the mask and all these different things we've talked about them before, but one of them is that we know that the mRNA, the spike protein, the, the vaccine sequences and everything are found in the blood. Yet right this moment, Red Cross still maintains that's not true because narrative from 2020, which is why they don't care to differentiate between the blood. That's what they're saying right now. How is that even allowed unless, except realizing the world is much more manipulated than we realize? Right. These people are still saying that. So we'll go to the beginnings, follow through. We have a lot to get into today, but I want to start with the censorship point that I do think is interesting and do kind of a call right now for more of you out there that want to be part of pirate streams. If you are new to the channel and you don't know what it is right now, you may not realize that we're broadcasting on a, what I call T live pirate channel. It's a YouTube channel. We do that. We did it with Twitter, but while we were censored, now we've got the main account back, but I still do it with Facebook and everywhere else. I've gone through four different pirate accounts on Facebook. The point is that people send me their credentials for me to use the account as like a pirate broadcast to get it out. Now, yes, that runs the risk of you also getting censored, right? What you're looking at here is one of the pirate accounts, owned by the same person, by the way, that sent me the one I'm using right now. 
And we've been seeing these moves, these different things they've been doing. And I haven't shown you all of them. There's all sorts of weird little glitchy things that I can show you for sure only happen on my computer and only happen when I'm not using a private browser and only happen when I'm not using VPN and everything else that I always use, right? That And it's always immediately using something else, same link, same even the same computer, not, not private browser. You'll notice things that work, but don't otherwise. Like for instance, the transcript will come up instantly on the private private page but never ever forever as long as you keep the window open circling and circling if i do it on my normal page now could just be a glitch i'm happy to point out that youtube is terrible and they're breaking everything because you know google as well remember youtube and google are connected the point here is that google is recognizing even though i've got all the login information even though we confirm security 11 times thousands of times just over and over they keep trying to make it and i reach out I connect with these people personally and they are happy to support. They give me the login code and I keep going. None of this is breaking laws. They just breaking YouTube rules. They don't like it. But up until now, they've pretended like it's not really happening. But we're beginning to notice that they clearly are aware of it. Just like with James Corbett, who's also doing Corbett pirate streams because he was modeling them after what we did. We've had whole shows about it. But this is what it says for the podcast. Sensitive action blocked what the sensitive action is going live that's all it was beginning a stream and going live on youtube it says because you're attempting a highly sensitive action okay going live on youtube is that highly sensitive we need to be sure it's really you okay and this is where they would normally go prove it's you didn't do that though it just says at the moment we can't okay (laughs) so if this was actually the person who owned this account you'd be like okay then i can't there's nothing i can do and that's because they don't care because they've identified this as something that they think that I'm using, even though there's no way they could prove it. Trust me, I'm very clear about the way I do this. That's why they're able... Right now, I'm blacklisted on Google products. I get the big weird menu that says, you no longer can use Google products if I don't use a private browser and if I don't use a VPN. Now, eventually, they'll probably get past that too. I just want you guys to see that they care about what we're doing. If this was not important, if this was just another random channel spitting nonsense, they wouldn't go this far. They are literally changing the way things work on their side to stop what we are doing. It's not just me now. Pirate streams have gotten bigger than me, and I love it. It says, try again from a device you normally use, right? And this is the point. And uh, I'm not going to put put the name out there, but the person who is probably watching right now knows that we've gone through this. We've gone through these channels more than once and done this more than once. So they're just hoping this stops me from doing the show. But guess what, guys? I just jumped right over to the next one, started it, didn't waste 10 seconds. That's the best part. I've got many in the wings. Now, all that said, if you want to be part of TLAP Pirate Streams and you'd like me to use your channel, reach out, okay? And I will continue to use it. I will continue to use it, you know, intermittently, essentially. I'll go from one channel to the next, sometimes more than one in a row, and I will continue to broadcast our pirate radio station channel information through YouTube, even though they don't want it. For those who don't know, we've been censored three different times, or technically two main times on our channels, and then easily over 40, 50 channels, I can't even keep count anymore, that have been removed, deleted. And that's three strikes for each one of them, understand. I love it. In any case, I just wanted you guys to know how much we're succeeding and how much they really can't stop it until they just decide to do something more severe more invasive, which is coming. Now, on that note, <laughs> chat GPT, which Whitney and I are, I mean, I've been, she brought up, she wanted to get together for a show on this. I know she's super busy as well. Same thing with writing. She just said she's got another article coming, but you know, I, I never am pushing that. I know she's got so much going on that I'm just happy to, you know, let her work it out because her work is so fantastic in general, as far as I'm concerned. But we want to connect for chat GPT and talk about this. 
and we probably will if we get this worked in time-wise and everything else, but it's, I find this to be so really, this is a, I don't even know if I fully understand how crazy and important this thing is going to be, not just chat GPT, but what's behind this, what this is really about and what's guiding this. It's very concerning. So just to make one quick point about this, just to keep it in people's minds, it's not just some weird little bot, right? That's, this is so much more than that. And I don't even mean that like as if this is real AI, I, real AI. I believe this is simply manipulated, but it's what, is, it's what it's doing to people's mindset. It's what it's influencing. It's very concerning to me. So keep it in your minds because more is going to be coming around this, especially around everything else we're talking about, not necessarily today, but it says chat GPT claimed that today's doctors and scientists widely accept that gender is a complex concept. It says, so I challenged chat GPT, right? It says, cite a paper. Guess what it did? It literally made up a paper. It made something up. It says, it, and it, that he simply writes, that's unethical of the AI engineers behind this to gaslight the public. But guys, that's the whole point. That is what this is meant to do. It's meant, this is a gaslighting system. This is meant to train you to think a certain way and think certain things. This is Twitter files, AI version, or whatever. I just love using that example. Ethics and AI, exactly, which don't exist for them. And I'll make that point again in a second. But here's what it says. The view that gender is a complex and multifaceted construct, which it's not, rather than simply determined by biological factors, is widely accepted by the medical and scientific communities, such as the WHO. They say, sign a paper. I go, sure, why not? Here's one example. And it says the psychology, science of gender, women and men, by blah, blah, blah. And it literally cites names. It cites schools. This paper provides a comprehensive review of research on gender development, blah, 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 blah. And then this person looked for it, and guess what? It doesn't exist. So he said, hey, I don't see this paper in Google Scholar. Did you make it up? And this is literally what it says. I apologize for the mistake. The mistake. This paper does not seem to exist. I mean, think about how wildly dishonest that is. Now, I mean, if, if you make it up, at least go, well, we made this up to make a point. No, it was resting on that. Essentially, if you went away, you would think that's the reality. Now, this is a small, very, very small, low rung example. Think about the larger implications of this, especially if we now have teachers leaning into this. I've been reading an article about this. There are teachers literally using this in classrooms, despite the fact that it's already being shown that they can't even differentiate between articles written entirely by the AI and things that the school or the kids make. I mean, this is crazy. And I think it's all part of a manipulation going forward. Elon Musk says, what we need is truth, GPT. Oh, what a hero. Well, here's what Demetrius points out. Not if that's Anti-Defamation League, GPT, you know, because they're clearly working alongside, as he pointed out, everything they're doing on Twitter right now with the revamped Twitter AI, as he said, poised to implement, quote, this is, quote, deboosting and shadow banning of truth you don't want GPT to machine learn. Second part is his words, Demetrius. But the point is, he openly said this. They are deboosting and downplaying hate speech, whatever they decide that is. So whatever they decide, that is pretty much how it works. And this is the point. So is it truth, GPT? We just it's, we just got to stop playing this two-party paradigm game and realize all of these people are trying to manipulate you. Maybe not for the same reasons, but they're sure as hell trying to manipulate you. Air Warriors points something out that I think was interesting in the AI, how this is, this is the culmination of this early point about AI. Airways points out, or excuse me, Air Wars, the account which you should follow, points out Air Wars board member, uh, Jessica Dorsey told Reuters it was a missed opportunity. Quote, it, in this, this meeting, 
which is a meeting about responsible use of military AI. Talk about an oxymoron. It says it paves the path for states to develop artificial intelligence for military purposes in any way they see fit. Well, as long as they just say it's responsible. I mean, that is about the gist of what we get with, with everything in the governments today. Well, it's going to be equitable and sustainable. Why? Because we've deemed it such. Is it, though? <laughs> well, it's oil and gas and nuclear weapons, but we say those are green because we use them for freedom. That's an actual example of the United Kingdom or and the United States, for that matter. That's how dumb this all is. So all they have to say is, well, it's responsible. Or and I'll, there's an example I'm going to get to later today where they have examples like this where they'll simply go, well, yeah, we'll do that. And, you know, as long as it doesn't undermine our security. Then, OK, so basically you just said we won't do that then <laughs> because you'll find reasons it undermines your security. Therefore, you won't do it. And therefore, it never happens. That's how this works. But they'll sure as hell tell you we'll do. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be responsible. Where's the enforcement mechanism? Yeah, it doesn't exist. Here's the article. U.S., China, other nations urge responsible use of military AI. So we're now literally openly discussing not if, but how and when we should use artificial intelligence to kill people, you know, for freedom. Now, this was at The Hague, understand, which is an important context. You know, it's an international kind of, uh, what's the right word for it, actually? not It's not like a court system necessarily. It's more of like a introduc you introduce evidence. It doesn't really have the ability to put people in prison or jail. I don't know. Give me the chat what you would say the Hague Act, the, the best term for it. But so this is where it's being presented. Reuters reporting. It says more than 60 countries, including the U.S. and China, signed a modest call to action on Thursday, endorsing the responsible use of artificial intelligence in the military. Human rights experts and academic academics noted the statement was not legally binding and failed to address concerns like AI guided drones or what they call slaughter bots that could kill with no human intervention, which all of which are being worked on or the risk that the AI could es escalate a military conflict. I'll add either by accident or by design, right? Or hacked and used or blah, blah, blah. But let's just rush forward into this because it makes it easier for them. Just like with the mRNA platforms and everything else, that's what they want. So let's just rush forward into it and then deal with the problems later. That's pretty much how this stuff tends to work. That's so, so the idea that we're going to allow slaughter bots, basically drones that can kill, either whether there's an a, a human guiding it or not, as long as they decide it's responsible, because we know how well the military or the government at large acts responsibly, right? Clearly. Outcome of the first international summit on military AI, the first, signatories said they were, and think about that, first of all, the very first, the first one, and we're already like one step away from using these things. And I, let's put it this way. They're already being used. That's a fact. It's, it, this is how this works. They're already being used in certain fields, probably in, on Palestinians, as Israeli government has always historically done that, and then sell these things as battle-tested. It's a common concept that you can look up. Signatories said they were committed to developing and using military AI in accordance with, quote, best part, international legal obligations, and in a way that does not undermine international security, stability, and accountability. Okay, great. So this is like just the first part. With international legal obligations. Is that international law? <laughs> it's an interesting way to frame that. Well, first of all, any of these people, including, I mean, literally every single one of them, China, the United States, Israel, who were all there, South Korea, Netherlands. Well, this is, <laughs> these are I mean, ultimately the, the, the countries ultimately driving everyone else's decisions, it would argue. But just the main ones, Russia wasn't invited, but Israel, the United States, China. Do you think that they care about international law? Have, has their, have their actions over the past week suggested they care about international law? And then I'm talking about the main stories. 
Look at what they're doing around the world. Do you think they care about international law? You think they care about the international, the, the sovereignty of Iraq or Syria or Palestine or anywhere else? No, they don't care about this stuff. Now, that's why the second part of the sentence is so important. Right, of course, they say, well, yes, international legal obligations will work with accord- in accordance with those. In a way that does not undermine our security or stability or accountability. Cool. So there's multiple caveats and you don't dict, you know, we don't get to know what that means, how you, those decisions are made. You're just going to decide, well, that's security problem. So therefore we'll omit. I mean, actually think about what the sentence, the way that this reads in English language, that means that when this might undermine their security, they won't follow or act in accordance with international obligations. That's the only way you can read that. And so they're just basically telling you, we'll do our best. That, that's gonna, that, that, that really makes you feel good with this kind of government, right? The conference comes as interest the conference comes as interest in AI is at all-time highs, thanks to the launch of OpenAI's ChatGPT program. Look at that. And as Ukraine has made use of facial recognition and AI-assisted targeting systems as it murders people unjustly, because that's just what we do. We give the weapons to the worst people in the world and we test it out, right? Just say battle tested. Organizers did not invite Russia, of course. Israel participated in the conference but did not sign the treaty. I mean, think about how obvious all of this is. You realize that the rest of them, it's not even legally binding. And the rest of them are going, well, yeah, we'll do our best. And if it undermines agreement, we'll do it. And even that, Israel's like, nope, nope, not going to sign that. I don't, I don't want to be hamstrung in any way that stops me from murdering people as I see fit. Like, just think about the statement there. They, didn't, they, they were there, but they didn't sign the non-legally binding statement that was completely wishy-washy. I mean, it's just that says quite a lot. The U.S. and other powerful countries have been reluctant to agree to any legal limitations on using AI. Think, but let's, let's collect and talk about this so you all think we care. The U.S. and other powerful countries have been reluctant to agree to any legal limitations. Skynet, here we come. I mean, my God, this is the most ridiculous thing of all time. It says, for fear that doing so might put them at a disadvantage to their rivals. Well, that is the way this works. It's now, look, that's not an invalid point. All that really means, though, is there's nothing sacred. They're allowed to be just as evil and bad because they pretend they're doing it for good reasons. If you were truly better than the, you know, the good versus the evil, you don't fall to the level to fight them, right? You do. It's, it's the same. It's, it's like pretending that you're, it's okay that we don't care about these kind of rights or free speech or second because, well, they're going to use it against us. So if we don't do that, then we're going to lose. Well, then you're just as bad as them. Just because you say your reasoning is different doesn't change that you're still doing the thing you just said they did, which was unacceptable. So my point is, well, we can't, they're going to argue that bad guy over there might do X, Y, and Z. Therefore, we can't say we won't do that. So nothing's off the table, essentially. If the worst people in the world are going to do something, then so too can the United States. Rock and roll. It says the U.S. proposal said AI weapon systems should involve, quote, appropriate levels of human judgment. <laughs> and they, the article says the same, what you would expect. It says in line with updated guidelines on lethal autonomous weapons that we're even there is ridiculous uh, issued by the department of defense. The idea that we have lethal autonomous weapons see, we're not, we, did you vote for that? Are we even talking about this? This is how these work as well. They dump this in your lap and say, we're dictating how these are meant to be used. How about we ask whether they should be used again, though, they'd say, but China's going to use them and we have to be able to, well, okay. Are they though? First of all, and if they are, then we should decide whether still don't we decide? No, the government makes these choices based on what they perceive as their risks or not. They pretend they care what you think. 
Human, I think all governments are doing this, by the way, just so that's clear. Human Rights Watch challenged the U.S. to define appropriate. <laughs> exactly. What's the appropriate level of human judgment? Whatever they deem appropriate. Simple as that. China Representative uh, Jian Tan told the summit that countries, quote, should oppose seeking absolute military advantage and hegemony through AI and work through the United Nations. Now, there's a lot of ways you could talk about that statement. I've always pointed out, I don't trust any of these governments at all. They're all the same thing to me. But the point here that I think is interesting is, one, you could argue that this is China or in many cases, Russia and other circumstances playing the rational role. Because it's, 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 I mean, anybody who's not as belligerent as the way the U.S. government seems to think is normal right now, it's very transparent when you go, well, look at that country kind of speaking reason right now. We're not going to do anything. Our defense is most important. And the other government's like, shouldn't we talk this out and hash this out? Can't we come to an agreement? And then you can't stand back and not look. You look at both of them and you say, well, that one seems to be more reasonable. But are they actually more reasonable? Or are they just saying that because it's beneficial to them to look like the better of the two in the situation? Right. It's abstract. I know. But then then the other part should be maybe they just think that maybe they actually are standing up and going, hey, maybe we should just not. So the point is, you should consider both. My gut tells me China is would, would be willing to do whatever it can do to take more control over its people and you like any other government. But the, the fact that we jump to conclusions in this country, like anywhere else, that Russia is this because they say and, and, and China is this because we don't know that. So it's interesting to me to see this statement when you have the U.S. literally coming over the top and saying, we're not going to do that. We're going to make our own. And then they come in and go, well, we should kind of take these. It's just interesting. Again, despite how that right there will be taken by people that want to pretend we're X, Y and Z. I think all of them are trying to manipulate. But I just think it's an interesting kind of. Social, uh, what's the right word for it? You know, studying the way people act in response to these things. But it says, where is the enforcement mechanism? Overall, the point is, and this is my kind of my point, that China can come in and say that. And make themselves look like the good guy, or rather the rational one, because they know that there's no enforcement mechanism, so it doesn't matter. So again, why wouldn't Israel just sign it and not care? <laughs> it's like, all these things are weird statements, I think. Overall, guys, the point is, however they play this theater of the absurd, military artificial intelligence is coming toward you. And that doesn't mean foreign policy only. It never does. Get ready for that. Now, on the Ukraine part, it's actually kind of shocking to see how this guy just, I'm sorry. It's just like, this guy's right out of the Muppets. I swear. I'm not even trying to make fun of him. They're just the way these people are ridiculous. I don't know where these people come from. Anyway, this is McConnell. It says defeating the Russians and Ukraine is the single most important event going on in the world right now. He actually just said that. Now, he didn't say the war itself. He said defeating the Russians. Now, no one, at least not me, are arguing that the Russians are good guys or their government are good or fighting for you. I think they're in this for themselves like every other government. But you can obviously point out that Ukraine and what their government is doing is horrific and bad. And it's obvious and almost impossible to miss the kind of war crimes they're committing. Right. So that's the important part is to understand what we're talking about in this context is McConnell saying the most important thing is to defend these open extremists. The, that's the most important thing in the world, he says right now, over Ohio, over COVID-19, over the, over the biggest fraud in human history, you know, the injections, killing people. Right. Into the Ukrainians saying they don't have enough ammo. And even our Defense Department is saying we might have to figure out a way to get more funding so that we have enough ammo for ourselves and to give to allies like Ukraine. What is Biden's responsibility in trying to make sure that people in America whose support for Ukraine is softening, 
will want to continue to try to help them? Well, I'm going to try to help explain to the American people that defeating the Russians in Ukraine is the single most important event going on in the world right now. Wow. It will- That's quite ridiculous. Now, we're going to be a little bit disjointed here, guys, because Addy just jumped into the lobby, and so we're going to bring him in, um, and then we'll kind of go back to that in general. But he's got limited time. So just take a put a pin in what we're talking about in regard to Israel. Good thing I kind of just started on that part. We'll come back to that. I'm going to bring Addy in. Let's let's find out what's going on on the ground. Um, I haven't brought got his videos up just yet. We'll be getting to that in a moment, but let's bring him in. How are you, brother? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm glad we connected. It's perfect timing because I just I walked in the door, and uh, yeah, we can talk about Israel or whatever, man. But as as far as um, yeah, what's going on here? <clears throat> um, a uh, you know, as reported yesterday, J.D. Vance showed up. He's a congressman from Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of showed the, the chemicals in, in the water. And then another congressman showed up uh, this morning, Guys, uh, Troy Nels uh, from Texas. And there's – see, there's Vance there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like Nels is trying to run counter-narrative against Vance. I'm not sure it has anything to do with Vance's endorsement by Donald Trump or, or what, but it's kind of – weird that a texas congressman would come up and uh he, what he did was he drank he drank a uh, a cup of water and, and asserted or claimed alleged that this water that he drank was municipal water and the fact that he drank this water which he alleged was municipal uh the water is safe to drink but as you can see there uh jd vance is showing you the, the chemicals uh in in the water and uh, in the creek and i actually that's a different creek than i went to so mm-hmm. Uh, just it so seems- it's clear for people that, to, that, mm-hmm. are, that are listening. So the, the argument is essentially, and this is plausible, that, that the, the, the groundwater, the rivers are, are the problem, essentially, which we can all see. Which, by the way, we should remember, that was dismissed in the beginning as well, essentially, that this problem was as bad as you can see right there. Which we'll get to your videos after, uh, later in the show after you break off, and we'll show you found the same thing. But what, what's the, the argument is that they're... they're municipal water has been secured essentially and controlled. So I'm interested in that because it's certainly possible now. So that's one thing, but it's a little dishonest. I would argue for him to drink the w- water and act like that means everything's okay. Cause that's only one factor of this, right? So have you, have you heard any um, stories of people? Oh, let's just start there. Since he's claiming that water is clear. You talk to people that are drinking the water in their homes. You, you had some interviews, with people claiming that other things were happening, but the water specifically. Yeah, I everyone that I talk to uh, is buying bottled water. Uh, mm-hmm. Even uh, T- Ted Murphy, who I interviewed, said he's not even uh, using the the shower uh, now. And additionally, some people haven't even moved back into their houses, even though right. the evacuation order was lifted last week. Uh, they still basically some people came back for the the town hall meeting on Wednesday night. And then they went back to wherever they're staying at, you know, relatives nearby or a hotel, uh, you know, maybe an hour away or, or wherever it is. Uh, but, yeah, some people, they, they still don't feel like it's safe to, to come back. Uh, and indeed, that ties into the idea that this blast radius or evacuation radius uh, should have been much, much bigger. Well, so that that's mostly just their their perception of, of concern, which is rightly so. But have you seen I mean, other than the videos we actually played? So you have the guys talking about rashes and so on. What have you seen? And maybe even yourself, have you experienced anything just being in the area? What kind of you know side effects, if any, have you seen in general people you've spoken to? 
There was a, a reporter yesterday who I think he was going to go on Newsmax. It was either Newsmax or News Nation, mm-hmm. and he actually got sick uh, because he was standing near the fallout site and without PPE. And I actually went there on Tuesday morning, right when I got here, um, mm-hmm. and I was wearing a mask the whole time, so I didn't, I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel, um, you know, bad at all. Um, and that was me. I was wearing, you know, a, a suit and and my mask. Uh, there, and this is a little bit down from the the water treatment facility down uh, downtown, I guess you could say, in East Palestine. It's, it's right behind the park, actually, the, the East Palestine Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went down and I, I got this net. <laughs> I slid down the uh, the embankment. It's really steep. And it's uh, – yeah, mm-hmm. I mean – not every journalist could get here. I, w- I would definitely wager. It's pretty pretty difficult. Cheap suit, as you can see there, it, it kind of ripped mm-hmm. um, uh, when I was sliding down. But I, you know, I got twenty five fish uh, out of the water that were dead and one frog, and that was just the fish that I could I could reach uh, without going into the water from the embankment. There were still fish I could see that were too far out in the creek for me to reach. Uh, so I've got it right here, actually. There you go. Yep. Yep. That's the picture. And this is about two miles away or so, but a little, I would say a shade under two miles would be my approximation from the fallout site. Uh, and, uh, it's behind Glenview cemetery, uh, in East Palestine. Uh, and presumably this is after this, the, this Creek has already been combed, uh, which uh, a video came out. I want to say it was Friday last or, or last weekend uh, of presumably EPA agents uh, wearing mm-hmm. similar suits, probably uh, higher industrial grade suits. Right. Are they actually in the water combing through it and picking out dead fish and dead animals? So uh, they, they've been really, really clear, at least now. It, you know, the whole, my whole point has been that just, you know, there was a 10 day period where this was pretty suppressed. And I'm going to get into that in a moment about how there was articles talking about it. But but ultimately that now they're saying, yes, there's fish in the water, but there's nothing else, even though we have evidence of all sorts of other examples. So what else, what have you seen first that you've seen yourself, but then possibly just, you know, colloquial people that have saying they've seen them other than fish, other than aquatic life? Right. Uh, there was somebody I was going to meet up with today. Unfortunately, she had to cancel. I was going to go and actually see the animals she had herself, mm-hmm. which I'm going to try to do tomorrow morning. Uh, she had uh, a chickens and there was also a woman who had foxes that died. Yep. And now her pig, uh, the woman I referenced her, I think it's a sow is uh, showing symptoms like a, a mucus, excessive mucus secretion mm-hmm. uh, and, and some other symptoms that may, maybe looks like she's not feeling well, this, this pig. Uh, and that's because she only could take so many animals on her trailer when they, right. when they got out uh, of the situation. So how far away is she from the, the that's main a point? good question. I don't, I don't know. I, I know mm-hmm. she's not right next to it uh, because mm-hmm. I've talked to pretty much everybody that was really, really close to it, except, um, and he won't make a comment. Uh, we tried talking to him two days ago. He's the owner of Leak Oil, which is right right next to um, where this crash happened and the spill happened. And mm-hmm. he is pursuing a lawsuit against Norfolk Southern, so he he doesn't or can't comment on on anything really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, and like I said, it, it does seem like the politicians are using this or trying to use this to to their advantage. It's it's so bizarre that a Texas Congress congressman would come all the way up here to assert that the city water was okay it's very bizarre that is strange yeah yeah i mean so what's your assessment at this point 
right? I mean, it's hard to tell, but do you feel that this is, you know, where, where on the scale bigger than they're saying, not as severe as a lot of the independent media is saying? So there's a lot of back and forth happening right now. What's your assessment on the ground? That's a good question. Cause I was just talking to a friend earlier and she was talking about this creator who's, I won't, it doesn't have to be named, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saying, oh, the independent media is blowing this out of proportion and it's a distraction. It's funny. It's like, everything's always a distraction, right? Like when I was covering the max, <laughs> right? Like I was at the Maxwell trials. Like, yeah, somebody said, this is a distraction. It's like, I, I can, I couldn't even get in the courtroom one day. I'm not sure this is a distraction. You know, right. the media can't even go in the courtroom. Uh, but it's it's tough to say. I mean, people, and that's the, that's the really tough thing about being discerning and unbiased and unfiltered, as I like to say, because mm-hmm. uh, we as humans, we want to see what we want to see um, is there, even if it may not be. Um, I, you know, I, I estimate this is more so on the independent media side than than not. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning that they're over they're overblowing it, or that they have it right. They might be over, you know, blowing it out of proportion a bit, but mm-hmm. if, if we're on a spectrum, I would definitely tip towards that end of the spectrum than the other way in that, oh, this is nothing or train, mm-hmm. like we're, we're saying, oh, train derailments happen all the time. It's not a big deal. Um, but it, in the broader context of what's happened in Florida, I think there was one, if not two warehouses of chemicals right. that blew up. Uh, and then obviously in Pima, Arizona with the nitric mm-hmm. oxide, I think it was like two days ago. It's, you know, that's it. I don't know what, to, what else to say other than that's kind of weird. It reminded me of the Tet Offensive of in Vietnam, uh, war a little bit. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it, Ryan? Well, I mean, all these, it's, I'm and definitely interested. I've got a couple of those in the lineup today. Just to, there's, it's the timing of it all, you know, but at this point there's so much, right now that we see like just like with the vaccine conversation you know it, it's it's important just to, to look at these things to try to piece it together you know connect it where you can but at the moment it, you know they're just like even this it's possible that this just happened you know it just was it a nat it just you know a combination sure. of malfeasance and whatever else i have a, again a bunch of stuff we'll go through today but but at the same time it's interesting that it's almost like the argument is no this is just a natural disaster or not and just a an accident you know environmental disaster that's it. It's like, isn't that a big deal? Isn't that crazy? Like the river is clearly polluted. Animals are clearly dying. And that's kind of like the default. No, it's not the conspiracy theory story. So it's almost like we've, we've made the real accountable problem for Norfolk Southern, for everybody else involved, like the benign story. It's, isn't that interesting in its own right? You know, so it's like, I, I don't, we, like, it's almost like the actual disaster itself is now being undermined because there's so much over the top elsewhere, which we have a right to ask. You know, could this have been Go ahead. What's your thoughts? Wow. I didn't think about that. That's a great idea, Ryan. Yeah. I th- I th- you may, you, there may be something there. Like, I think what you're trying to say is with these other things happening in Florida mm-hmm. and Arizona that we mentioned, they can use that. It kind of ties into the train derailment thing that I, uh, I brought up because train derailments, and this is slightly different. They, they are quite common, but reporting on them, I don't think is quite as common, but now I that do. this has yeah. happened, we're hearing more and more about these train derailments, but not chemical spills. So maybe they realized, hey, we should have some chemical you know, disasters, and now the, these are happening, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Like no, that, no, no, or, I no. Mean, okay. It's more the other direction. Like I, I, the, the, we should ask those questions, right? But I just, right. whether they're connected, that's, that's, you know, we'll wait, for, hopefully wait for more evidence if that's possible. Definitely. I just mean that, you know, this is a big deal. It's a natural, right. it's an environmental disaster. Like if that's all that happened, 
that's a big story. And the fact that that wasn't talked about for, for a week, you know, right. before this got told like there in, in that, that alone should be a big enough story. My point is kind of that, like, because we've asked bigger questions, which we should, you know, mm-hmm. did they know this? Did they try to hide it? Was there more going on? Was there something else on the train? It's almost like the actual story of just the fact that this happened is not a big deal anymore. Ah, you see I what see. I'm saying? Yeah, and I wonder yeah. if that's part of it. I'm just thinking outside the box, you know, but overall, do you think that there is more happening now than, than what we're seeing? You know, cause for instance, we've seen that they, or actually let, let's take this other direction. The, the way that they handled this, you've spoken to a lot of people on the ground. Do they have any thoughts on the way that this was done? The fact that they chose to burn this and now looking back, that that seems to be the problem itself, that it wasn't the crash, but the fact that they dealt with it in a way that was like seemingly almost intentionally irresponsible. Like what anybody's thoughts on the ground about that? Yeah, it, it was more so how quickly the train was resumed in, in, right. in getting it back on the track. That's what I found most people had the biggest problem with because mm-hmm. the the way they were they were allowed to do that, so to speak, is they just as far as can, what I've read and, and what's been reported is that they covered this up with dirt, whatever was left yeah. over, right? And Instead of taking the, the time to properly extract uh, and make sure – uh, you know, this, these chemicals and this, this dirt, this poison dirt is, is out of the situation, right? Whereas, it, you know, in hindsight, it seems like they just burned it and then put some dirt on it and then right. said, shoot, man, we got to get this, this train back on running. You know, we're, we're losing millions of dollars, right? By right. the, by the hour. And um, they, they, it's in their own documentation that they, they, that they, they base literally railroaded over the top of it, which is actually, you know, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, so, I mean, I think the problem here is that that is a guaranteed to create lasting problem. You know what I mean? Like the choice to do so. And I guess that could just be profiteering, you know, or like trying to cover it up, but it, it's hard for me not to see, you know, choice in all of this. You know, knowing yeah. that this is going to hurt people in the long run. You know, I'm not sure what that that really means. But here's something I, I want to leave you with here. Ultimately, there I was speaking with a, a, a person who is knowledgeable on the topic. They requested not to be their name to be given. Sure. But the point was that they think that there's a big problem happening here in the way that this is testing is being done. So if one, I don't know if you have the ability or the people around you to potentially do your own kind of tests and get that sampled. But here's something interesting to test out and see if you could accomplish this is that what they're saying is that the way that this chemical works, specifically vinyl chloride, as well as the dioxin byproduct from burning that, as well as other things, it's heavy. And the point is it's, it'll sink to the bottom. And they argue that most of what they're doing possibly potentially is taking samples off the top of the water. Like you, you notice in your videos, you click flip the rock up or you scrap the bottom and then it comes out. Right. So potentially they could be gaming these samples by only testing the top of the water, testing certain mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. So the argument was we should, somebody should be doing independent tests here to find out because historically they do at least downplay the severity here, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. The, the rising to the, yeah. And perhaps the best way to do that would be to, to get a soil test as well and, or mm-hmm. water, you know, closer to the, uh, the Creek bed. But next week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, I read the University of Pittsburgh is going to uh, going to come here, mm. uh, and I don't know exactly what what's that is about. But they're asserting it has something to do with independent scientists and, and possibly testing. So uh, I think the sooner people get here, the better, because the evidence is um, it's starting to go away, right? Um, yeah. But that that being said, um, you know, it's been what two two weeks today, uh, mm. right? And 
you know, you saw the videos that we took today. You can still see the chemicals, you know, quite clearly uh, just by kicking up rocks or even throwing rocks in into the water. I saw somebody else posted a video. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And well, again, we'll go through that as we get through. Is, is there anything else you want to leave us with in general? Like anything else you think is important people to know, you know, things they should might you've heard they should be doing anything you think is important for the people that are interested in Ohio right now? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, Norfolk Southern is seems to be the antagonist in this situation. Uh, everybody I've talked to citizen wise and the locals, they hold Norfolk Southern accountable to this, or they want to um, in terms of uh, responsibility for, for what happened. And, you know, it's, it's really a tragedy for these people, the people who recently bought houses here, the people yeah. who've lived here forever. Uh, I would say, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, get all the right information from one person. So mm-hmm. try to look at everybody who's reporting on this and, and sift through uh, and, and see if you can get the wheat from the chaff. But at the same time, remind uh, the viewers, I'm reminding the viewers that I'm completely independent. I'm right. the only one here and you can support me at buymeacoffee.com slash Addy ads. So nice. um, yeah, thanks for having me on Ryan. And uh, I hope more, more, you know, relevant, and important information comes out that can, help us all understand this situation better. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if more comes out, we'll get you back on connect and, and get it out there. I think you're doing good work. I mean, at the very least it takes courage to be there, especially with this situation, to be quite honest, like you don't know the danger, right? So it's the courage, you know, respect for taking the risk to go there, but also just the fact that we there's just in, uh, investigative journalism in the corporate media doesn't exist anymore, you know? No. So what you're doing is important and I just, I, I value it and I'm glad you're there. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, stay frosty, and um, I hope we can chat again soon. Yeah, count on it, brother. All right, we'll stay safe. We'll talk soon. Cheers. All right. Well, that's it, some interesting takes on there. I mean, I think you know the interesting part about this, guys, is that it, I, the, the kind of what I stumbled on there in the whole, while we were talking is that you know it's interesting to me that it seems like this is already being like undermined and attacked. Like, oh, here we go. The conspiracy theorists are talking about Ohio again. It's like, well, the core, the the the. The main part of this is undeniable. We all know there was an accident. We all know that something happened. We all know the river has now been completely poisoned to the point to where animals in it are dead. And that's not a big enough story for you. We have, you know, and it's just so weird, isn't it? That that's an interesting overlap. And I think that who knows if that's part of it or not or intentional. But now I, I apologize for the dis- disjointed nature. It was just because I wanted to make sure and get him in while he has time because he's got interviews out there with other platforms. Um, so we'll come back to it. The reason I want to stick with the Israeli part is just because we'll get to the, the bulk of the Ohio part. We go through it and I will show you the rest of his videos and a couple others as well. But to get back to where we were in regard to the, the Israeli part of this. Now, and just so it's clear, by the way, as I do think that there are, you know, if this is a larger thing. And even just speaking on the larger things we know are there, like the Great Reset or whatever else is happening in Syria or Palestine, obviously, the Israeli government is acutely involved with this alongside the U.S. government. So it's important to understand this overlap. And this is what we talk about, the, you know, the tri-national security state or the the things we talk about with with Whitney, you know, the idea that this is a bigger concept. Now, on this, the point going back to is he's saying that this is the most important thing in the world right now, the world, to arm these extremists in the fight against Russia, which is totally not a U.S. outside war, but we're just totally giving them everything they need and telling them how to use it and train them on the ground, but totally not a NATO war. Like, it's just, and then, you know, then we've got Stoltenberg admitting recently that, yes, we are there, 
from 2014 forward, arming, pretending, fighting with them, standing. I mean, it's just so crazy. And we know that the CIA has been on the ground there since, you know, as I pointed out, since 1948 at least, but since 2014, as foreign policy pointed out, that they literally are on the ground working with them, training them. I mean, it's just absurd. So we have to understand that this is not what it appears, but to understand what this entity really is, and then to understand that they are openly working alongside with them, arming funding, and then trying to hide that fact. It shows you what's really going on. So here is another point to show you on alongside the Stoltenberg point about how they have openly been working there since 2014, but long before, to be honest. An Austrian colonel actually explains why there are so many foreign mercenaries in Ukraine. It's something you already know, guys. I'm, I'm going to mute it for the, for the podcast. I'll just read it in subtitles. Says or I'll keep it low so you guys, for those that can hear it and translate. He says, the delivery of weapons to Ukraine, that's all wonderful, but what about the military staff? Who is crewing the tanks? Can the Ukraine staff the military equipment? Or is it NATO soldiers who have to operate the equipment? How many NATO soldiers are currently in Ukraine? His answer is very interesting. People are talking about 20,000 Polish soldiers in Ukraine. (laughs) Yeah, totally not a NATO war, guys. Now, this is interesting. He says, you don't have to send NATO soldiers to Ukraine. I take off my military uniform, sign a contract, and go to Ukraine. I'm no longer a soldier in the Austrian army. I'm an employee. That is the solution we see. That's the solution. So the point is, just like I've been telling you, that's why we have all of these U.S. soldiers on the ground. You can catch them in videos, training them how to use weapons. Because they were told to go there. This is very clear. And this is whether we have mercenary levels like the Academy Blackwater types, which are part of it, or just actual U.S. military operations where they pretend they go there of their own accord and they work with it. This is the games they play. These are the games they play. What you can gather from this, he says, is that a very high number of foreign mercenaries are currently in Ukraine, but officially not NATO. It's pretty damn clear, guys. Yeah, quote, officially, that's how this game works. Now, we just talked about this. <clears throat> Jason Hinkle shares the, the image from Associated Press, which, by the way, we even beat the, the well, technically, Associated Press didn't do it on purpose. Well, I guess we assume that. But the Associated Press, after I did my show, catching and, and giving a shout out to the person who actually caught it on Twitter, caught the ISIS patch on this foreign, I think it was a Taiwanese broadcast about Ukraine. And everybody, of course, fake news, fake, it's not real. And then the Associated Press puts out one that accidentally shows the same thing. Oh, I guess it was real. (laughs) Love those subjective assumers out there that will scream fake if they don't like what they're looking at. Both sides do that today. The point is that it's real. Whether they want us to see it or not, it's something you should ask. But this is ISIS patch on Ukrainian soldiers, just so that's clear. So that's a real thing. And this is my link to me talking about it in in the show. But this is what's interesting. Jason Hinkle's Lucas Gage shared this. Who is really behind ISIS? Now, I think we know this. I don't think that's even a question we need to ask. And I think Lucas would agree with that. that this is a Israeli, U.S., for Western-built entity. I mean, it's just undeniably clear. I, I, I often play this in the beginning of, um, of Ukraine-focused uh, shows. But I'll just play this beginning clip here from this nation clip. Just to show you, this is just casually discussed as the, something we should all know. Brzezinski was the strategist for Jimmy Carter and convinced Jimmy Carter to say, 
look, uh, the Russians are dominating uh, Afghanistan with a civilian secular government. Let's create al-Qaeda. Let's uh, back Osama bin Laden and give his supporters weapons to begin fighting the Russians, and uh, we can pull a coup d'etat there, and uh, the Russians will fight back, and then we'll say the Russians invaded. And it worked. Saudi Arabia made a deal with America that they would push the Wahhabi uh, extremists, uh, the Al-Qaeda, the most right-wing wing of Islamic parties, and it worked. Uh, essentially, Al-Qaeda is a contract army uh, for the United States. Well, the same thing was happening in, in Russia. What Brzezinski wrote was that America's faced with a possibility of not being able to rule the world unilaterally. That's, that's the main point. He goes on to compare that to the general, all foreign policy, but then specifically make the point about Ukraine being the exact same thing, right? And this is what we're talking about. It's, this is the reality. The, the receipts are there. It's just, it's the, it's just like with the COVID-19 agenda narrative. It's there. If you care to look, other the people out there who want to deny that just don't look. They just go with the narrative they're told. With a with the smug dismissal, they're they're told to do it. Oh, that's fake news. I was told you're an idiot, so I'm not even going to look. You know, it's like that's the idiot who doesn't even want to look. The point is, it's interesting that, that that's so clear. But an overlap to this, which again just shows you how transparent and really how much they're losing control of these narratives. That it's this easy to prove. This is actually a clip from C-SPAN that he that he shares here. And what it's discussing is something that is basically dismissed as a fake news story that I that ISIS is the acronym for Israeli. Uh, what is it? Israeli uh, secret serve. Uh, what, what was it again? I want to remember before I look Israeli security intelligence services. And they go oh, fake news. That's not real. But first of all, to be clear, even if that was the case, and it is, I'll show you now. That doesn't therefore prove that that's the, the reason they the ISIS is called that. Of course, they tell you it's the Islamic State and the blah blah blah. But the point is, if we know, which we do, that the Israeli government and the U.S. government are directly tied to these entities, it's an interesting point that we should consider. But the point I'm making now is that this: how is this called fake news? Dismissed as fake news when this is the C-SPAN clip, and then I'll show you one more thing afterward. And others, you tell the story about how you tried to find out what the what they call the Mossad when they deal with uh, publicly. I thought it was a reasonable question, but the trouble is, uh, you can't pick up the phone book. There's oh, and I think I said the Israeli government, specifically Mossad, right? The like CIA or the intelligence services of Israel, and that's the name of Mossad when they communicate with foreign governments and so on. That's the point you're making. No, uh, Langley in the, in Israel, you can look up you know, CIA or in our case uh, the Mossad. We thought we should ask. What shall we call it in English? You can translate the Hebrew words, as I said, Mossad's Institute. But when they write a letter to their friends in the CIA or the British intelligence, what do they call themselves? It took a while. Uh, it was a matter of asking the prime minister's spokesman. The best you could do, because officially uh, the Mossad is under the prime minister's office. And uh, I think he sort of wondered why you want to know and all that, so we explained. And he came up with uh, the Israeli Secret Intelligence Service. I mean, if it were to have initials, it would be ISIS. Just simple words like that. Interestingly enough, a kind of a British model. Hmm. Interesting. I'll show you this next. Real quickly, someone in the chat said that video I was referencing wasn't Taiwanese. I'm not sure. That's that's my guess. So if you know what it is, tell me in the chat so people can know. And then somebody's also commenting about those people in the images. Now, I'm not arguing that they're Ukrainian. I don't know. But they're working with the Ukrainian military. That's the only point we're making. Somebody's simply saying that they're not Ukrainian soldiers. They're other 
Wahhabi. That's the whole point, though, guys. That's the point we're making, that whether we're talking about Syria, whether we're talking about Afghanistan, that this is what the, what we just heard. It's basically a contract army for the U.S. government. Then they're using extremists against their enemies, just like we're talking about in Ukraine. OK, now, first of all, so you can see for sure this is a C-SPAN clip. That's what we're talking about. That's what this is. Right there. You know, this is what this clip is from. It's from C-SPAN, which in and of itself is interesting. But then to understand, this is literally Mossad.gov. That's that. This is Mossad's website. Oops. Okay, good. I thought it was loading. Here we go. Look what it says. Israeli secret intelligence service. Now, those that know this are going, yeah, of course, we know that. It's not a big deal. But for those that are acting like that, if you post that on Twitter, they'll say, you're so stupid. That's not real. Fake news. And it's posted right on their website. So my point is things that are so like, how about the old lie that Palestine is not real? It never existed or that everybody there is a terrorist. These are ridiculous, ridiculous, childish lies that are common sense. Obviously not true, but they were go- they were they carried the day for a long time in the corporate conversation in the United States. But think about that. Right now, then ask yourself the uh, how, how, of course, when we know that we're work- their neo-Nazi elements that are there literally fascist in fact literal nazi ties to Mikhail labed who is the person who found who basically was picked up and plucked away from poland as a nazi war criminal and put in place at it was called prologue in new york and in ukraine to run a media company it's it's operation aerodynamic it's all on the record i've written done entire shows about it and that was a nazi war criminal and that is what became exactly what we're pointing at right now then you got Kolomoisky, who was the primary backer of Zelensky and the Azov movement, which is what that later became, the Mykola bed and CIA growth. <laughs> it became the Azov movement. And you've got the guy funding both of them, who is the lead guy who ran the TV station where Zelensky used to work. And everyone at the station is now currently running with the, as the cabinet because it's totally not a wag the dog situation, guys. All this is so easily proven and probably people are going, that's not true because I've never heard that. It's all on the record. Even corporate media has pointed it out. But here is Israel's foreign minister meeting with Zelensky. All right. That, this, is, this is the same Israel that has the ISIS patches, or rather Ukrainians that have ISIS patches, the same Israel that's working alongside them. But the interesting point for me is this is what you'll easily find when you look at the Ukrainian military. As I mean, therefore, I am says, nothing screams more than fight for democracy like the Nazi salute. I mean, look, you, you know, you could argue, oh, it's fake or whatever. It's always possible. But my point is, this is not hard to find. It's open. Even CNN accidentally caught a Nazi salute when they were celebrating in Kherson, I think it was. Either way, guys, this is open. So ask yourself how absurd it is that Israel is openly meeting with an openly Nazi, neo-Nazi fascist element. The fascist makes sense, seeing as how Israel's government is openly fascist. But honestly, when you understand the true background of the Zionist mentality, then this all makes sense. And that's the crazy part about this. It's, it's just so transparent, so very obvious. Now here is, just to show you some overlaps, comparisons to what we see the Ukrainian military doing to people on the ground. Well, here is what you're going to see right now happening all over and always has been happening in the occupied Palestine territory. You know, the only democracy in the Middle East, they would tell you. This is a child right there. Now, the point is, the occupation forces strip and beat Palestinian child at a checkpoint. 
It's all video. You can watch for yourself. And this is not shocking to those that actually pay attention to what regularly happens in occupied Palestine. The shocking footage shows them beating a Palestinian child after he refuses to take off his trousers in a freezing temperature. And you can see he's not doing anything. He punches this kid in the face. The mom, or rather somebody in their car, gets out and starts to try to film. He proceeds to push the door closed on her. They come over and grab the child, adolescent. Okay, Now she gets out to try to film this, and they attack her. There's no way around this. Like somebody's going, oh, well, who knows what the kid did? They're probably all terrorists. Like you go ahead and assume into your racist mentality. The point is that this is what happens. They're filming, trying to find it out. And they want the phone because you're not allowed to film, which is what I keep trying to tell you. You're not allowed to. They don't. They can take it and throw it away. And then they beat her up too. welcome to the only democracy in the Middle East. There's your kid being drug away by the head. This stuff happens constantly, guys. Unnecessary manipulation. Does that look familiar, by the way? Starting to look like the TSA? Starting to make sense? Getting you stripped down, taking your shoes off, making you feel stupid. Here's another one. Now, this is an interesting one. This guy, this is a journalist. I forget his name off the top of my head. It was uh, Lawrence Wright. Filming. Or there and being you know, brought around by this guy right here. The reason I know that is because this is the same guy that was on the Steel of the Century documentary from Robert Inlakesh. That was him right there. This deal is not a deal for this. Just so it's clear, he's speaking with one of these checkpoint guys and he goes, does that justify hurting them, killing them? And he goes, I don't care. Nobody cares. Just It's just that easy to point this out. But again, my point, and you should watch, this is the interview I did with Robert about his really outstanding documentary called The Steel of the Century you know pointing out the it's not the deal of the century as trump tried to tell you it was going to change everything you know it's the same israeli government that even then was saying we're never going to have a two-state solution and yet your government continues to pretend like that's the step they're taking it's just pathetically manipulative and here is the guy we were talking about right so he's he's a guy that will you know kind of you know walk you through the area and show you certain things and so on right so the point is they don't like him because he brings journalists in here to show you what's going on so here is what happened to this guy because he was there with a journalist and it all got filmed. This is the kind of stuff that happens on a daily basis just because you're Palestinian. This soldier in Hebron is trying to prevent us from filming the truth, the reality. Your commander, bring your Katsim. Hey! 
kick him, kick him while he's face down on the ground because that's democracy. Leave him. That is just an angry person beating up somebody they don't like. That's that not. What's the matter with you, guy? Are you so bored? Yeah, and they cover it up, right? They have no accountability whatsoever. Every single day. Hide the phone, hide the phone. Send the video to someone. Yes, please. Right, hide the phone, because they, they will take it from you, right? I mean, it's just so, it's so incredible. It is a regular occurrence. This is, these are the kind of people we're talking about. Now, to bring it to the main story of this segment, this is the government that we're just quickly, that is probably the most benign, some of the most benign examples we could show you when really, when with the kind of stuff that happens regularly, the the beating, the manipulation, the, the torture, the rape, the kind of stuff that we've talked about in the past, because they're just lesser than in their mind and they'll openly tell you that. I mean, you know what? I'm not in a rush today. This is something that I haven't played in a long time. That just really puts the brings the point home. And it's in regard, I'm not gonna probably play the whole well, maybe I will. And it's in regard to some of the people, many of the people that are currently in the government, in the Israeli government. Well, I thought I had it. Maybe not. <laughs> well, it's the it's the clip I've played in the past of uh there he is. I got it. This is the defense minister, Moshe Yalon, uh, talking just a couple of weeks ago. Israel is going to hurt Lebanese civilians, to include kids of the family. We went through a very long discussion. We did it then. We did it in the Gaza Strip. We are going to do it in any round of hostilities in the future. That's the defense minister. Uh, This is the uh, uh, military chief of staff, Benny Gantz. The next round of violence will be worse and see this suffering increase. He headed up the military assaults uh, on Gaza, the last uh, two. This is the Minister for Education in the Netanyahu government. There will never be a peace plan with the Palestinians. I will do everything in my power to make sure they never get a state. He also said, if you catch terrorists, you simply have to kill them. I've killed a lot of Arabs in my life, and there's no problem with that. Uh, This is the Minister for Justice. Palestinians are all enemy combatants. This also includes the mother, the mothers of the martyrs. They exactly. Their sons. Nothing would be more, just. Would be more just. They should go. They should as go. should the physical as homes the physical in which they are, which they, are, which they, which they raised the snakes. the snakes. When they Otherwise, tell you who they are, listen. Will be raised there. That's the Israeli minister for justice. It's only our court U.S. media that hides this. A deputy minister for defense. Palestinians are beasts. They are not human. Uh, the Minister for, uh, the Minister foreign, for affairs. foreign Affairs, C.P. Hotley, is the last one. My position, My position is that between the sea and the Jordan the River, there needs to be one state only, the state of Israel. There is no place for, any, no agreement place for any agreement of any kind, of any kind that discusses the concession, the concession of Israeli sovereignty, of Israeli sovereignty over lands over conquered lands in 1967. In 1967. Now, these are the official see? statements official of several of ministers, ministers of the current government, the government of, Israel. of Israel. And some there now. This is 2015 of all Palestinians, including children, and calling them snakes. Now, can I ask you, Tisha? 
Do you not think? Do you not think? That if we're defining, that if terrorism, we're defining terrorism, that is the language, is the language and thinking, and of, thinking terrorists, of terrorists. That it is absolutely is unacceptable absolute in civilized politics, in civilized in international, international relations, relations, for the heads, for the of, heads government of government of a state that we state carry that we on normal carry relations on normal with, relations and who you met, met in Paris, in Paris to, advocate to advocate those sort of views, sort of views when we know they have also led on to the deaths of thousands of Palestinians, innocent men, women and children. What have you to say, Tisha, about those sort of views being expressed by the Israeli government? Absolutely nothing. That's what happened. That was 2015. It's only gotten far, 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 far more on the surface today. And that was not on the surface. At least the point is, the point ultimately is that, you know, that they, the U.S. government will absolutely continue to tell you what they want you to think they're saying even though Israel's government will continue to tell you just like that, the opposite. If you even, if you care to look, it's right there. It's just incredible. And now here is what's actually going on behind it all. Right? So think about what we just showed you. Just, just what we went over. The Ukraine overlap, the reality of what they're really doing, what they've created around the world. Here is what Disclosed TV points out, citing, uh, well, this is actually citing an article discussing Spiegel, but I've got the Spiegel article up right here. Israeli secret company reportedly spreads fake news, shocking, and hacks high-ranking politicians for money in order to manipulate elections worldwide for its clients. I mean, think about things like like uh, Black Cube, Weinstein Connection, the Mossad overlap, and all the overlaps with all of this, the, the Mossad and CIA Israeli or in, intelligence connections to Epstein, and all of this stuff, guys. This is what we're talking about. It's not just about votes, you understand. It's about blackmail. It's about spreading false narratives. And this is what they're, this is active. And yet that's what, and then they point at us and say, you're lying when we're trying to expose the truth. This is incredible. Secret company manipulates elections worldwide. It's amazing that the corporate media just hasn't talked about this. Where's Fox News? Wouldn't Fox News have, wouldn't they care about this up and down? What if they manipulated the Republican? No, not if Israel did it. We're not allowed to talk about it. It shows you the true two-party illusion when it comes to war, when it comes to Israel, when it comes to anything that they truly care about as the government. They won't do anything. So you mark my words, unless this comes, like right, this, this came out on the 15th. Two days have gone by. I haven't seen this in corporate media. Maybe I missed it. I don't watch every channel, but I looked. It says, according to the undercover investigation, an Israeli company has so far successfully influenced 27 elections and votes. That's crazy to think about. 27. Now, it doesn't get into which ones exactly. The point is that we're talking about other countries' elections. Do you, are we going to really d- debate about whether that involves the United States? I can almost promise that it does. According to a report in the news magazine Spiegel, an Israeli company is manipulating elections worldwide. Who exactly is behind the company is still unknown. International research in which Der Der Spiegel was involved shows that the secret company apparently controls fake news campaigns, hacks high-ranking politicians, all this for money and to influence elections for their clients. Do you think that, you know, hacking, are they planting child pornography on their computers? Right? Are they are they creating weird are they hacking and finding their own personal secrets and using that against them? Yes, yes, and yes. That's my opinion. But this is what we're talking about. We know that Epstein's connection, which you can't pretend that's fake news anymore. See, they the government, even though the media still kind of see somehow manages to dismiss and dispute that, even though they're were forced to cover it themselves because we 
covered it with the court or the independent media forced them to cover it. The point is that we know the Epstein blackmail network involves sexual blackmail. That's what we're talking about. That's part of this. It says the head of the company is an ex-soldier with the code name. I don't know if it's Jorge. I believe it's probably Jorge. And, 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 and this is a translation thing, I think. It says it says in the mirror. It says that's why the secret company called itself Team Jorge. It attacks politicians with hacking tools and runs large-scale campaigns of disinformation and lies for its clients. Now, if it's an ex-soldier and it's an Israeli company, I can almost promise you the government's involved. I would have said that without that point, but the point is that the ex-soldier overlap, when you understand how the IDF, but like people, it, it, Israelis are forced, to, or they get a choice essentially to go school or military, but there's there's a level of, of coercion there. Most Israelis end up going through the IDF at some point. And the point is if ex-soldiers, especially with the intelligence, like this is an, the, the way that they've openly said this around the world, the way that they influence other countries, or the fact that even this is where the dual citizenship conversation comes into play as much as they pretend that's racist it's a valid point whether we're talking about israeli or chinese or russian people that have dual citizenship that should play a factor especially when there's other things politically behind the scenes the point is this i can almost promise you ties back to the government because i mean they've even gloated about stuff like this in the past it says the numbers are frightening according to spiegel the team Jorge has already in- intervened in 33 national elections and, 20, and 27 cases actually influenced the outcome in favor of their clients that paid them to do so. The control online opinion, to control online opinion, the secretive company controls over 30,000 credible fake accounts. How much you want to bet most of them are on Twitter? A lot of them anyway. Okay, so the point is, is that, what about, I thought Elon Musk saved the day. Well, not when it comes to things like this. Uh, what happened to the Fauci files? What happened to the Twitter files? Oh, we're on, we're 40 stories past that conspiracy theorist right oh yeah but we forgot to point out that we've already kind of just left it hanging in the world where screenshots are our source material <laughs> guess we called that one now it says according to the der spiegel the information comes from undercover research conducted over six months by reporters from the marker Haaretz, and radio france they are said to have pretended to be interested in team jorge now, it says, uh, it says the wild story about Jorge's company, which is said to have manipulated 33 elections, is full of, oh, that's just the, the tweet. The activities were unveiled for the first time. This was highlighted before. Uh, for the first time by the international team of journalists, Story Killers, in which it, in, in addition to Spiegel and the Israeli publications, the uh, Zeit, ZDF, and The Guardian, The Washington Post, and Le Monde are also involved. However, the findings cannot yet be unequivocally confirmed. Shocking. I wonder why. Now, here's just the main, this is just the main uh, Spiegel article. The secret company apparently manipulates elections worldwide for money. Shocking. The Israeli company controls fake news campaigns, probably hacks high-ranking politicians. The boss, an ex-soldier with codename Jorge. This, it's just so obvious, guys. This is what, at least at some level, is happening. I, I argue anything we're looking at is has this kind of manipulation behind the scenes, whether it's U.S., U.K., just the West, or or bigger than that, right? World Economic Forum, the UN, who knows? But we know that these things are being manipulated because it's not about the truth. It's not about the right thing. It's about achieving what they want. And even if they pretend that's for some greater good, the point is they will lie, cheat, and steal just like Mike Pompeo told you he was taught to do in order to achieve it. Simple as that. Now, here's some points I think are very interesting, just on the note of the verifiable facts of what the Azov movement are seeing as how the Israeli government is happily meeting with them, is the fact that they are clearly being given arms from the U.S. government 
even though after 2018, they went forward saying that they like the point is right now it's on the books. It's illegal. They do it anyway. That's ridiculous. The CIA has trained them since 2000, technically 1948, but 2015 on the ground, verifiably, according to foreign policy, FBI verified that they are, in fact, neo-Nazi and immersed with the Ukrainian government, not just the Azov Battalion, and that Charlottesville were the U.S. arm. I've gone over all this endlessly. The links are all there for you to check out. All of this is easily verifiable. All of that's disputed by the the U.S. corporate media. But the point was this clip that Roberto shared. And then we'll go on to, um, what was the next part? Oh, yeah, the balloon I want to reference before we go over to Ohio. This is a clip I found very interesting. Eight-year-old clip. We've talked about that Washington Institute clip with uh, Patrick Clausen. Oh, you know, the, the basically, basically the point is that every war that's been started has been started with a false flag. And they're openly saying that on display, going all the way back to Fort Sumter and Lincoln, telling you that they they did the thing they knew would cause a reaction so they could make it happen. Like, this is just history. And you can point this out everywhere you look. They're just openly engaging in that. I found this thing to be very, this think tank, the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, is it, the way that they talk about this stuff. I just want us to realize how barely concealed this is. How these people in regard themselves as puppeteers of, of everybody. That they, that they are, in fact, an empire. And what they're doing and have always done is manipulate other people to benefit themselves, to make them fight each other. Because And this it's amazing that we even dispute that. So let's go through some of these clips. I find this very interesting. I have it open on a uh, private browser. Let's bring that up. And we'll go through a couple of these. I'm actually just going to play it right from the right from the screen. Make it easy. Okay. Starting with this one. Now uh, the title is George Friedman, Europe. Uh, here, let's do this actually real quick, just so I can give you his exact title. <clears throat> George Friedman, American businessman and political scientist, whatever that means strategist, eternal fair. So this guy's clearly an insider, right? That's, that's what that usually means. That's like the kind of thing they call Podesta. Yeah, strategist, an insider. Yeah, a lot more than that. Europe destined for conflict eight years ago. Chicago Council on Global Affairs. So I was looking for, basically the person who shared this was, was pointing out that they kind of discuss this as, they're talking about Ukrainians. They're talking about a lot of stuff, but they're talking about it as like our army and what we're doing and just shows you all the way back then, eight years ago, that's how they regarded this. This is their objective and what they want to accomplish. It's always been that way. Uh, last week, 10 days ago, General Hodges, commander of U.S. Army Europe, visited Ukraine. He announced that U.S. trainers would now officially be coming, not just unofficially coming. Aha! Uh-huh. So even in two, even, well, so even in eight years ago, it was before that unofficially. Yeah, they were there. They've always been there. In 1948 forward, they've been growing a fascist entity to use against Soviet Union. Today, Russia. Right? And what he's saying eight years ago is that U.S. trainers would now officially be there. I thought they just told us they only just now did that. Right? It's just such a game. No, they've always been there. That's the reality because this is a manipulation, just like everything else they're involved in. It's just and it's just casually discussed because they don't really think that these things will be. Even when these things get exposed, like the Patrick Clausen video, they just go, "Oh, it's just a think tank. They're just thinking out loud. It doesn't mean it's going to happen." Yeah, it's certainly true. It doesn't always mean it's going to happen. But you know what? <laughs> these things do very in almost 
in very real ways translate directly into policy. That's what these things are for. Uh, you actually pin medals on Ukrainian fighters. Think about which that. By protocol of the military, is not the foreigners don't get to pin on, you know, medals. So uh, then, why they do it then? I mean, where are you at, military pe- like personnel out there that you know they're, they're, people in the military? Rightly so. If they care about, like, for instance, like they would people, they take it very seriously when people like desecrate the flag and so on, right? Or stolen valor, or wear the flag upside down, right? Well, the point is, you have military personnel. The mil, the actual, uh, what do you say, a colonel, uh, commander, pinning medals on Ukrainian soldiers isn't that a problem? <laughs> but he did, showing that this was his army. He then left, and in the Baltics announced that the United States would be pre-positioning armor, artillery, and other equipment in the Baltics, Poland, Romania, and Bulgaria, which is a very interesting point. In, in Bulgaria. I mean, they are literally placing am, uh, weapons and stockpiles eight years ago all around the area. Yeah, because it's not like they were preparing for this. It's not like they were making this happen. Well, of course not. That's just in case. It's sort of like when they work on, you know, biological materials to make a vaccine. You know, it's just in case, just in the one in a billion chance that somebody makes it. No, they're making a weapon and that's the cover. Same thing in reverse. They are building this war and this and then now they go, oh, we just we're just doing exercises and blah, blah, blah. Which is always how this goes. It's just insulting to our intelligence that we can't, that some people seem unwilling to realize what these people are and always have been. I'm not talking about the American people. I'm talking about the government. I'm talking about people involved in the government that have clearly, they clearly don't care about you or your interests. I'll try to grab this real quick. Let's see. Make it a little louder for you guys. Seemed quite loud to me when I was doing it earlier, but we'll try and turn it up. No, doesn't want to. Never mind. Too bad. So the United States, and now to yesterday, the United States announced that it would be sending weapons. Tonight, of course, they denied it, but they are. Weapons will go. Um, again, again, see that? See, even right there, eight years ago. Oh, they denied it, but yeah, this the word setting them. <laughs> I mean, my God, it's just so ridiculous how on the surface this stuff is, and they the lies they're laughing about is oh, for you dumb normal people, all those dumb little peons out there that take what the government tells them at face value. Oh no, the truth is quite different. Gotta love that. In all of this, the United States has acted outside the context of NATO because nato has to have a 100 percent vote any one country can veto anything and the turks will veto it just for giggles <laughs> the, the point is that the united states is prepared to create a cordon sanitaire around russia russia knows it russia believes that the united states intends to break the russian federation see th- and this is my point right 47 39 the point is that they know that this is they're driving Russia's hand and that it's openly admitted I mean it just it's just so silly to me that it's so transparent 47 
any one country can veto anything. And the Turks will veto it just for giggles. <laughs> the, the point is that the United States is prepared to create a cordon sanitaire around Russia. Russia knows it. Russia believes that the United States intends to break the Russian Federation. I think that, as Peter Lorre put it, we don't want to kill you. We just want to hurt you a little bit. Oh, because that's great, right? So my point is that this is the reality. They know that. And then we're shocked when Russia does something about it. No, they were hoping that they would do something about it, just like they're hoping that Republicans are going to violently march on the government. So they're going to go, oh, you're exactly what we thought we told everybody you were. It's a game. We're at a different time of the world. It's the re- it's the same way that we don't really see regular wars. We see proxy wars. Things evolve, right? They, they desperately want you to clumsily step into this, just like they were hoping you'd come in armed on January 6th. You, you proved you, that, that, was, that you were smart enough to see through it. They still use it anyway. They still call it an armed insurrection. Clearly, there was a game being played. The point is that they don't care about you, any of you, not the left, not the right, not the government. Just kind of crazy to me that we can't, that some people can't seem to see that by now. Well, let's go to 5456. Right. And no government can. But the discipline of governance is that while at the same time reassuring people that you're doing everything you can, you make sure you're not. You're Think about that. As much as you reasonably should. So inherently lie to everybody, right? Tell the dumb people that we're doing everything so they feel good and sleep at night. And then we do what we really want to do. It's just, even if that's a smaller point, it's just inherent that we, we feed them a bunch of bull and we do what we want, even, even if you argue that's better for everybody. That's not how in a, in a democracy, which we shouldn't even want, or a republic is supposed to work. No representative government. This is authoritarian power pretending to care what you think. And our government, we have to remember the United States is like a 15-year-old. <laughs> it's manic depressive. In the morning, it's peace, love, and happiness at night. It's suicidal because their best friend doesn't like them anymore. We are He's talking about the American people. He's talking about you and how you don't, you're just not, whatever, smart, aware, childish. A very young empire. We don't even want to think about being an empire. We want to go home and, you know, have libertarian dreams. I mean, you could argue he's talking about the government in a general sense, but when you listen to the whole thing, it's kind of clear that what they're talking about is the need to control you and why that's a problem. It won't happen, but it takes us a very long time to become mature. George Bush had no idea that his presidency was going to be about 9-11 and had no idea how to respond, and neither did his critics. Barack Obama decided he could wish it all away. If he was nice, they won't try to blow him up. We have to find a pattern of governance that combines an American republic with what it never wanted to be. But we're almost one quarter of the world's economy. Hmm. We are going to piss people off a lot. All right. uh, Right down here in the front row, Phil Levy, our senior fellow on the global economy. Thank you for your remarks. Very interesting. While we're talking about how the U.S. behaves, that into Europe. Since that's not going to happen, and 
but they don't have the political will to face the irrationality of the situation and deal with the fact that Germany can't export 50% of its GDP, at least not half of that into Europe. Since that's not going to happen, and this is one of the reasons I'm not interested in policy personally, foreign policy is what you'd like to see what happened. History was what does happen. And <laughs> very rarely true. does foreign policy it, you know, intersect with the two. What I try to understand is what's going to happen. If you know, I'm really smart, I'd be rich. I certainly wouldn't give the advice to the Europeans how to be rich. Next question, please. Uh, yes, the, all the way in the, uh, the back there. Um, given the, the weaknesses that you're describing, both in Europe but also in southern Asia and, and likely in, in uh, East Asia itself, is it appropriate or even practical for us to be continuing to push the, the boundaries of the American empire, if you will? Eight years ago, the question essentially is like, is it appropriate for us to keep, you know, be building empire, right? To keep stomping around the world and growing that empire. Uh, to the edges beyond the areas of those kinds of um, internal problems. The United States has a fundamental interest. It controls all the oceans of the world. Think about that. First, first point. How often we talk about this, that's not true. I mean, it, it may be true in a military sense, but are we, are, we're supposed to pretend that there are different areas like China's sovereign water areas or the, each country's got its sovereign territory. Clearly, that's not how they look at it. The U.S. government controls all oceans. That's what he's talking. That's what he just said, like just so casually. That's not the stated international reality, right? But this is how they perceive everything. This is the same thing on all these governments we're talking about, guys. They're supremacists. They're authoritarian. They believe they have a right to do this. No power has ever done that. Because of that, we get to invade people and they don't get to invade us. Because of that, we get to invade people and they don't get to invade us. Yeah, there's a quick, there's a one sentence encapsulation of U.S. foreign policy. It's a very nice thing. Very nice thing, he says. Maintaining control of the sea and control of space is the foundation of our power. Wow. The best way to defeat an enemy fleet is to not let it be built. The way that right, British... And this is how they perceive all of this stuff. It doesn't matter whether you're good guy, bad guy, or anything else. Just we can't allow anybody else to be even remotely what they perceive to be potentially able to, in, you know, uh, overtake our power, overcome our power. Right? So that, that's why they act against other growth or other actions they see as a threat. That's the same clip we were just playing before. Is you can't let Russia become independent enough to where they can make their own decisions. They need to be reliant on what we want them to do. That's the history. They're now to, they're at a point where that's clearly not the case anymore. So they have to take them down a peg. That's the, I mean, it's just, it, it's a war mindset. It has nothing to do with the best interest of Americans. It has everything to do with the best interest of the power structure. They just pretend that's the same thing. Managed to make certain that no European power could build a fleet was to make sure the Europeans were at each other's throats. Right. This is the important part. So what the point is, we made sure they fought each other. And they're kind of doing the same thing today. The policy that I would recommend is the one that Ronald Reagan adopted toward Iran and Iraq. There you go. He funded both sides. Yep. So they would fight each other. Exactly. And not fight us. Well, well, this look at that. Cynical. Isn't that interesting conspiracy theory? No, that's the reality. And they just don't say that out loud. And it's that simple. We just, we just make people fight each other so we can take advantage of them. Oh, and what happens? You know, death, destruction, horror, mayhem. You know, but for, but, you know, whatever we... I, just like, it's just, I can't even be facetious about it. 
I mean, it's just so horrific that this has been, this is not just last year, guys. This is the entire history. It was certainly not moral. It worked. And this is the point. The United States cannot occupy Eurasia. The moment the first boot sets the ground, the demographic differential is we are totally outnumbered. We can defeat an army. We cannot occupy Iraq. The idea that 130,000 men would occupy a country of 25 million, well, the ratio in New York of cops to citizens was greater than we had deployed in Iraq. So we don't have the ability to go across, but we do have the ability to first support various contending powers so they concentrate in themselves. Right. So fund their enemies, right? So create division, fund their enemies, pit them against each other, and then pick apart the, the remains. Can you not notice that's what they're doing to you right now? Republicans, Democrats, they're doing that to you right now. They are doing that to all of us. They are doing the same thing to you in the United States. Divide and conquer. With political support, some economic support, military support. Exactly. Advisors. And in extremists, do what we did in Japan in uh, Vietnam. Now, I can't tell if he says, and in extremists. Tell me in the chat, is there a word that I'm missing there? It sounds like he says, in extremists, we did the same thing. Differential is we are totally outnumbered. Oh, wait. We can defeat an army. We can attacks. Support various contending powers so they concentrate in themselves with political support, some economic support, military support, advisors, and in extremists, do what we did in Japan, in uh, Vietnam, in Iraq, and in Afghanistan. Spoiling attacks. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And what he's talking about, spoiling attack, you are funding bad people to cause chaos. As long as it's not here, then whatever. Who cares what happens? Who cares if they then later become more powerful and do other things that we can't control? Who cares? Or maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's all in their control. The point is that they don't care. The spoiling attack is not intended to defeat the enemy. It's intended to throw him off balance. Right. What we did in each of these wars, in Afghanistan, for example, is we threw al-Qaeda off balance. Well, first of all, He's talking about the, apparently the argument that they're fighting Al-Qaeda, and I just don't think that's even reality. Regardless of that, the point is still the same. That the point, and you could argue that this is exactly what they attempted to do with the Mujahideen and Soviet Union, and it worked. It's what they're trying to do right now with Russia and the neo-Nazi element in Ukraine. It's what they're trying to do literally everywhere. Fund bad guys, claim they're doing it for freedom, tell you that they're fighting for freedom on their side, you know, like the moderate rebels in Syria. How'd that work out? The problem we have since we're young and stupid is that having thrown them off balance instead of saying, okay, job well done, let's go home. We said, well, that was easy. Why don't we build a democracy here? Yeah, because that's what they wanted, right? Now, either way, this guy doesn't know that or he has my, my opinion, obviously. But the, overall, that even if that's what they wanted to do, is it their right to do that? Do they have some kind of agency over every other place in the world because they yell the word freedom or that they pretend they care about it? No, this is just wrong in every way. Then you realize what they actually even wanted to do is much more dark than what he's even saying. (laughs) 
Next question, please. Uh, yes, the gentleman right here in the uh, fourth row. Make sure I didn't miss that. Hold on. Cleverness. However, our problem is not yet that. It is actually admitting that we have an empire. Ah, yeah, I do want to hear that. So empires that are directly governed by the empire, like the Nazi empire, failed. You know, various kings are created under the emperor, and those kings were responsible for maintaining the peace. Pontius Pilate was an example. So I mean, this is what I was asking, right? So somebody says in extremis, is that Latin, right? So, you know, you, the way you're saying that, you could insinuate that we didn't care to look it up, but we all asked and we were looking for it. So the point is, it could be a Latin term, which is exactly why I brought it up. So appreciate you posting in the chat. Either way, the following points made the same point that we used and entities to push them off balance. So same point either way. Empires that are directly governed by the empire, like the Nazi empire, failed. No one has that much power. Now, isn't that an interesting comparison? Now, he doesn't seem to be making it a negative thing. He's just simply going, well, they had too much power, so that they failed. He's literally comparing that to what they're doing. Think about that overlap. So they're going to do the same thing, but we just won't strive for as much power. I mean, and you take it for what you will. That's kind of how that was meant to, I mean, he's saying that pretty clearly. You have to have a level of, of cleverness. However, our problem is not yet that. It is actually admitting that we have an empire. So we haven't even gotten to that point where we don't think we can kind of go home and it'll be over and done. And so we're, we're not even ready for chapter three of the book. Huh. Next question. All right. So that, just to show you these, the casual discussion. How, I mean, it, that's, think about that. How open that is. How clearly that they're just, you know, casually discussing how that, that, that what they're trying to accomplish and how they're using people against each other. So it, it translates to it at the point of death, right? So it's the same exact point, really. But, you know, the point is that why we asked, right? It's why we're here. As, as the community, right? The point is that we are going over all this and we look it up. That's how it works because we care, right? But, you know, to be snide about it and to, you know, the way people perceive these things out there, that's the problem, right? That's what we're all trying to fight against. Now here, an enormous, oh, not that one. Oh, that's right. I already have to reshare the uh, screen here going back to what we were looking at. Oh, that's not the one. Hold on. That's weird. It didn't pop up. Going back to the conversation we were having, coming off of that, there it is. Thank you, Roberto, for sharing that, by the way. It's just, it's just an interesting overlap, you know, to see what that's connecting to. And, and really, the point is it's everywhere, guys. It's just literally everywhere you look if you just care to look at it. But one other point I want to make about the, well, kind of the beginning of the Ohio discussion is the the, the balloon gate or whatever else anybody's calling it there's an interesting point to make here and that there's well there's two there's three there's two corrections i want to make in a previous point but also to make sure we overlap the timing of this that at the exact moment when this was happening in regard to the train crash and all this is right when this was being shot down and then we're kind of being told now backstep stepping that oh well it's just balloons and it's not what you thought and now maybe that's a lot certainly plenty of Republicans are going that's Biden's fight hiding what China's doing 
they prove that? No, not even remotely, but that they want that to be the case. So they'll yell it at you all day long. Certainly could be true. Doesn't wouldn't surprise me. But what's interesting is the timing of how this overlaps and whether this was being used to hide that. Seemingly 10 days went by before any real big coverage happened. But again, the point that I want to correct on. Oh, actually, you know, that's why I set this up real quickly. I, I do, I'll make these corrections next. The point was, first of all, that the U.S. fighter jet shoots down Chinese spy balloon off the East Coast. What's interesting to me is that now Biden is saying, as I pointed out. Uh, where was it right here? They are, keep updating this, adding more because that's what they do. We don't know exactly yet what these three objects were, but nothing right now suggests they're related to China's spy balloon program. But then why did you guys yell that left and right? Like they wanted you to think that. Certainly still could be, and they certainly could be hiding it. But I like evidence and facts to back these things up, not just partisan kind of make sense narratives. But my point is that this is, uh, the point related to today is that this, the timing of when this happened was clearly done, I think, to keep you looking elsewhere. And then now that the timing has essentially passed, they go, well, no, there's nothing to see now. Nothing to see here. The intelligence community assessment is that these three objects were, get this, most likely balloons tied to private companies or recreation or research studying weather. So so anything other than what we said, pretty much. Cool. <laughs> That's great the way that works out. Well, then Andy Swan points this out. I just think this is hilarious. Whether I don't know if this is true. This is just one group claiming this is the case. But this Illinois lobby or hobby group, believes that it was their $12 balloon that was actually shot down by a $400,000 missile. <laughs> just showing, and he goes out to talk about it. These balloons are designed to relay weather, that they uh, basically circle the earth seven times before they fall. And, you know, all, all this information, it's certainly possible. It would just be kind of humorous. That that's, you know, how much money was spent and really was just an excuse they've taken advantage of to keep your attention from looking at bigger things. One other interesting point that I wanted to throw in somewhere Thank you, Red Pill Addict, for pointing this out. Just one more anomaly to all this, thinking about the white noise overlap and whether there's anything to it or not. It's interesting, nonetheless, to point out. But check this out. He says, just in case you missed it, or this was for me, he posted it once before. Uh, Delilo, went, the, the person who wrote these books, the author, or rather the original book of the Ohio, or the what white noise was based on. Uh, where's the images? I think they're out of order. Here. Anyway, I'll just read what he wrote. The point is that he went to a Jesuit university. He wrote the uh, the White Noise, excuse me, White Noise movie. An extra in the movie. Oh, you know, I take it back. I believe it's actually the same title, right? I only looked at that for a moment. In the context of the overlap to the book. I did want to dive into that more, actually. I wanted to look into the book itself and find out if, the, yeah, what, the same same title. So that's why. I thought actually they changed it a little bit. But the I'm interested to know whether or not the the book and how it went down in the book is exactly how it went down in the movie. Because the movie is eerily similar to, like, even after the math, aftermath to the movie. So I'm wondering whether the book itself is that or that was changed for the movie, which would be interesting to me. In any case, the point was, the guy who wrote the book, an extra in the movie, who is in the CNN story, right, that we've talked about, who is living through the thing he just played a part in a movie about, his name was Ratner. And you can see I was covering this in the CNN article. His name was Ratner, the local Ohio person, right? What's interesting to me is the writer of the book also wrote a book called Ratner's Star. I mean, it certainly could be coincidence, but the name is very unique, I think. White Noise was filmed where the disaster parallels the book, as we know. And you can see here's the name of the, the fourth novel, Ratner's Star. That's just very strange to me. Could mean nothing. 
you know, you know me, I'm not afraid to point out abstract, interesting things. People go conspiracy theory. I'm not making conclusions here. I just find that to be pretty interesting. Overlapping that with everything else, maybe there's more to it. We know that there are such things as psychological operations, just something we should consider. And that scares all the people that want to pretend that they're not conspiracy theorists, whatever that means. Just be objective, guys. It's not that tough. Now, a couple overlaps here I want to make about uh, corrections. I already mentioned it, but I, it's a simple thing. I kept saying Enron. I'm sure people picked up on it. I'm sure somebody out there made a whole video about how Ryan doesn't know what he's talking about. Exxon is what I meant to say. And I was just referencing other spills off the top of my head. And that's how that happened, right? Uh, Exxon was the, the big spill. And it's just the point I kept making is that all of these, BP, Exxon, those are just oil stuff, but there's bigger other chemical things that, over, that you can look through the history of these. And it's almost exactly every single time they cover up or they downplay the severity. And then it turns out it was worse. And they go, oh, well, we didn't know. And it's almost the exact way because there's profit involved. There's money or something bigger. But just so you know, I want to make sure we know that, that I wasn't correct. And it's Exxon, not Enron. I know what Enron is and I know what Exxon is. Just kind of slipped out when I was talking about it. But then somebody else included this. And I, and I appreciate this because this is a good point to make. That uh, he said, just basically saying fond of the work and so on. But that there is reporting that was done on this. And he references a CNN article from the 4th. So I wanted to follow up on this. I just told him I'll be sure to report this. My ultimate point in talking about this, and here's the coverage I had on this so far. Please check it out because I do think it's very important. Oh, and on that note, Substack, Scott just put up another wrap-up on the docs and overlap from our report, but what he added to it as well. Oh, and then here's the other one. The point is, yes, CNN did put an article out on the 4th. Right. So and, and fair enough, I did say that, you know, like most have been re, you know kind of broadly discussing this, a blackout, no coverage and no coverage does mean no coverage. So fair enough. But my point was not when I was saying that, that there's literally nothing. I even saw other like NPR had something on the sixth and so on. Right. I, there is coverage. But here's my main point that I want us to consider. Generally speaking, and I've made this in the past when I'm talking about like the whether it's a blackout or not, I'm talking about the nightly news, which is what most of the average people watch who still watch two party media. They watch the news. They don't, you know, we know in general sense, most people that still engage in two party illusion stuff, they don't read as much. That's not a knock on their intelligence. It's the fact that most people today don't read as much anymore and that most people lean towards video. And that's why I started doing video content as well. But the point is that I think it's important for us to consider how much this happens where media, especially if this is like a, consor a concerted effort to downplay this until a certain time point, that they put stuff out like this. So it's technically out, but it's not on the homepage. It's not, and I'm not saying this is the case in this one. I'm just saying in a general sense that it would be on like, you know, of the bottom of the website, that it's not really being promoted, that no one's talking about it on the nightly news. So you do get some points, people may see it, but 99% of people have no idea about it. And this is why, oh, and I forgot to ask Addy about this. That I've heard people on, that are talking to people around the area, that there are people a town away that had no idea about this until like the 9th or the 10th. So my point is, even though they put this stuff out, that even people right there still had no idea about it, even though they were looking. So I think there's a game being played here. So that's the that's my, my, my second kind of correction, essentially, is that, you know, I did say that there was no coverage, but there's a reason that nobody in a... Again, see, that's, again, I'm being... Uh, too broad, that most people had no idea about this, that Fox News or anybody else, they, they weren't, they didn't cover it. Even Fox, Tucker Carlson didn't do his story on it that got a lot of attention until, the, the what is it, the 11th? It was a day after I did my first show, or the same day anyway. 
How do you explain that? How do you explain it? They're on Twitter supposed to be all about free speech that there was there was no trending information and the moment that it got noticed it blew up so where was what was going on for 10 days that huge crazy looking cloud was on the fifth i just think that's crazy so i'm convinced there's an effort to put this out so you can see yeah we, we covered it but not really promoted same point here to kind of make this clear into today dioxin is a huge important part of the story and only and even still at this point the corporate media is wildly either not talking about it or casually mentioning at the bottom of the article right now most of the experts that are kind of independently speaking about this are saying that is where the problem lies because that is the biggest problem that can happen in this kind of situation because dioxins are super dangerous i went over it on just check out the show we just put together right here based on my past episodes so you don't have to watch the whole two-hour show to watch the breakdown, it's important because they are really dangerous. My point in showing you this is that if you search for dioxin, it's not there. In this article from, uh, this is the 8th, I have on the way back machine. You can see right there, right? No, no mention. Okay, so even on the 8th, at this point, that's three days after they burned it, knowing as the EPA, as anybody involved, that if you burn specifically vinyl chloride, that that definitely causes dioxin byproducts. That they still didn't talk about it. Okay, my point is then you jump to this same article. Same, different type. You can make sure you look right now at the actual URL right here, which is exactly the same URL right here. All rail accidents, evacuations, Ohio climate and all that. Okay. Well, different title. Very different article. No, Nowhere. This is Associated Press. It's supposed to be even better than a corporate media. It's, you know, higher ups, right? It's not the reality, in my opinion. I think they're all manipulators. But the point is, nowhere in this does it say updated, altered. I mean, for crying out loud, even CNN does that. Okay, well, here's my point. Let's search for dioxins again. Well, look at that. Okay, so you're telling me, and it still says February 8th. So now it looks like Associated Press was talking about dioxins on February 8th. But they weren't, though. Here's the same article. And actually, I think it is the same title, or it's reasonably close. Just make sure you can see this is the same URL, right? How dishonest is that? They did not mention dioxins in the original article. And they posted this, they altered it, didn't update it, and it still says February 8th, and now they're informing you by dioxins. But the fact is, this was only added like yesterday. But they still says February 8th. I mean, guys, that is just straight up lying. That is trying to make it look like you covered something way before you actually did. And then that goes down its history. When we try to tell you this a year from now, they're going, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. It says the 8th right there. Well, there you go. Okay, so let's read what it says about it. Way, I mean, not way down, but, you know, not, not the lead. It says... A professor at chemistry at Carnegie Mellon University is near nearby Pittsburgh said, and interestingly enough, Pittsburgh is what Addy just said is when he coming to test, said he worries that the burning could have formed dioxins. Now, let's put it this, just so it's clear, it did. It's not a question. Burning vinyl chloride will create dioxins. It says, which are created from burning chlorinated carbon materials, which is what this was. It says dioxins are a group of persistent environmental pollutants, which I think the acronym is PEP, if I remember correctly, I was saying POP earlier basically means that they just never go away for a really long time anyway, that last in the ground and body for years and have been one of the major environmental problems and controversies controversies in the United States. And why would they add that retroactively and not change the date? Because there's something going on, I think, that's very dishonest, especially, I mean, let it, for corporate media, for sure, but Associated Press, Reuters, that's pretty wild. 
I've always pointed out that I think they manipulate just like anybody else. So here is today, the BBC, or technically yesterday. Ohio train crash leaves small town fearful of toxic fumes and confused. So now we're well past the point where everyone's aware that it's circulating the conversation that dioxins have been created and that it's dangerous. So this is the 16th. Don't you argue that they would be talking about this? Seeing as how it's even being mentioned now, allegedly on the 8th by Associated Press, even though it wasn't actually the 8th. Well, okay, let's let's see if they mention it. Where let's see, let's go all the way to the very bottom of the article. In addition to vinyl chloride, several of the other substances in the train could form dangerous compounds when burned, such as dioxin. And uh, Peter DiCarlo, a professor at Johns Hopkins University who studies air pollution, this is what he said: that as an at- atmospheric chemist is something I would want to steer very, very, very clear of adding that he wanted the EPA to release more details, detailed data about their air quality. Most they didn't. Guys, we have pretty much every expert you talk to going, no, that's really, 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 really bad. We need to know right now. The corporate media is not even talking about it. Not really. I mean, I just think that is mind-blowing to me, and I think that there is. this is the real problem. Now, as we talk with Addy, right, the point is that this could be not as as gigantic as it might be some people might be making it out to be i'm concerned that's the case i've never argued i know for sure as always because i don't i'm objective about it and i will tell you that when i cover when i cover things and give you my opinion but i do actually think my opinion would be that there is more going on here i mean at the very least they're being dishonest about something and it could just be trying to hide that they're culpable for some reason, but it's more so about the way they handled it, what it's caused, and what they're now doing. Not even about the rail, which I'll get into, the crash and everything in itself. So it, it screams that there's something more to this. But because we don't have something, no facts other than that suspicion, then that's where we leave it. And that has to be okay for the moment. But the reality is they're downplaying what is undeniably the largest problem in this situation and going, come on back in as we don't, we're not even telling you the dioxins part of this just now. I'm not seeing that talked about by Norfolk Southern. Now here, just so you under, just, just for kind of a little bit of a counterbalance going back are some discussions of specifically actually testing for dioxin, even in the Ohio river. So let's be sure we understand. They know this is something to be concerned about. Because they know this stuff. They know that when you burn these things, it'll cause these byproducts. They know clearly that it's a risk for you. So why then right now are they not telling anybody about it? Why not? Why is the EPA not standing up and going, everybody in this state right now that has any distance within this possible, they should know that's a risk. Nope, not happening. What I just want to point out as you come down to the bottom here, and you can see kind of the map, West Virginia, Ohio, and the Ohio River, that they tested for this stuff. And you're going to find some shockingly high information about this even back before this. I believe this is 2010, I think, when this was done. I believe, yeah, 2010, I think. But you can see that this is a, a mix between, or mostly on the side of West Virginia, actually. But as it's talking about over here, you're seeing TCDD concentrations, which are alarming. The, the amount that specifically in uh, Kana, uh, Kanawha, for the most part, in most of these areas. But just so you can understand what that is, that is dioxin, TCDD. A polychlorinated, chlor, chlorinated uh, whatever all it says, though inaccurately to put simply dioxin. So just make it clear that's what that word stands for and that they are testing for it, that they know this is a, pr- a potentially problematic thing. Here's even a study about this in 2010. It was connected to what we were showing you there. Non-market valuation of water quality along the Ohio River. It says unsafe levels of PCBs, you know, all these things that they never, that they've downplayed all this time, that they've let build, that they haven't controlled, that 
Now it's a problem. Now great reset, right? Now we see all the problems. Unsafe levels of PCBs and dioxins, excess nitrogen and phosphorus from non-point sources and combined sewer outflows from urban communities have reached one third of the river, unfit for contact recreation due to high bacterial levels. (laughs) Great. USA, right? This is the kind of stuff they just don't talk about. That's been going on forever. My point is, if they know that's a risk, then why aren't they telling people now? Here's a video that I actually played a part of. This is, I've reached out to him. Uh, Nick Drom haven't heard back, but I'm sure he's inundated with this because he, he's had some of these video, look, 6 million views here, but listen to what he has to say here, because I do think this is very relevant. He's the one that really kind of opened the door to this conversation about what this can cause and what, you know, that they're downplaying this to a large degree. Hasn't been getting a lot of coverage and the coverage that it has been. And, and by the way, this video is, I believe from a few days ago at the very at, at the least getting hasn't been very good so let's talk about the trail derailment in east palestine ohio east palestine is about an hour north of pittsburgh almost halfway to cleveland norfolk southern has a rail line that goes right through town and this derailment happened right on the edge outside of town on the border of pa and ohio of the cars that crashed five of them contained vinyl chloride it's a monomer used to make pvc the reporting on this has gotten vinyl chloride confused with polyvinyl chloride, the polymer made out of vinyl chloride. Now, the reason that this distinction is really important is vinyl chloride is very hazardous and very flammable. Polyvinyl chloride is a plastic that's used in like everything. The other thing about vinyl chloride is that it boils at 8 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's shipped in its liquid form. Meaning that when these trains crashed and these started leaking, they weren't just leaking liquid, but they were spewing boiling gas. So vinyl chloride is really toxic. OSHA has the permissible limit of how much you can be exposed to it during an eight hour shift as a one PPM part per million, average over eight hours. So prior to this, the biggest spill of this chemical was in New Jersey where one train car and about 23,000 gallons of vinyl chloride were spilled, but it didn't catch on fire. Now this crash in Ohio has five train cars. These kinds of tanker cars can carry between 25 and 33,000 gallons. Let's call it 250 to 250,000 pounds of vinyl chloride. That's per train car, five train cars. There's maybe a million pounds of this toxic chemical spilling into the ground and also boiling off into the air. But then it caught on fire. I think this is where the reporting is really bad because no one is mentioning what the byproduct of vinyl chloride burning is. Of the many byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, one of them is hydrogen chloride. Hydrogen chloride is really unstable and latches onto water, like just water vapor in the atmosphere. So just so we're clear, we're talking about another byproduct, right? Different than dioxin. And that turns into hydrochloric acid. So right now, government officials, officials from the railroad, both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio are calling burning off the million pounds of this stuff a success, but not mentioning that it means that we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid in the air, potentially. Now, ever since engineering school, I've studied a lot of industrial accidents. I just find it really fascinating. And organizations like the Chemical Safety Board, NTSB, and OSHA all have like really good reports available to the public. I think as a designer, it's really good to learn about mistakes. When looking at these kinds of industrial disasters across time, there are a couple things that are pretty universal across all of them. One, the responsible party in this case, Norfolk Southern Railway, always plays down the reality of the situation. Politicians also just repeat the same lines, and then news outlets just repeat the same. So all we're hearing is the responsible party's word. Exactly. 
I mean, this is historically accurate, guys. That's the reality. It just happens every single time. Now, here's just a clip that kind of goes over similar things. Scott is the account that shared this for anyone who likes math. He says a DOT 111 container in regard to the train holds between 656,500 and 33,000 gallons of liquid. So this is the variable, essentially. And he points out the link to that. He goes, 14 cars containing vinyl chloride derailed and were incinerated after the accident. The accident formation has been confirmed as a byproduct of the combustion of vinyl chloride. Now, this is the point the guy was just making on the video. He references a study that do, that goes over polyvinyl chloride, but it does it is relevant, but that is slightly inaccurate because we're not talking about the same thing. But it, I've confirmed elsewhere as well as with the experts that we've just read in the last show. Again, I will reference back to this clip that they it's very clear that this vinyl chloride, not poly, but vinyl chloride, does create dioxin. According to the experts, I'm not the expert. I'm simply relaying what many experts are simply saying, and I've shown I went over the work in this last episode. Oops, <laughs> jumping ahead. Now, this, he goes into saying, basically, the bottom line is, uh, oh, I, again, had it highlighted. He's basically simply pointing out that a low estimate would be um, essentially 691,000 pounds of vinyl chloride, or the high end would be 3,512,000 pounds of, of vinyl chloride, which then either then, you know, amounting to the each one of them dangerous amounts of dioxin formation. I just think that's very important. Oh, and then he also references, by the way, this account, which was one of the very first accounts to come out and really break a lot of this down. Seemingly completely unrelated to what their account is about. That account is now gone on the free speech platform. Just so that's clear. I don't know if they delete it themselves. Who knows? But that, you know, we don't get to know anymore. It's just back to the old ways of Twitter. But the point is that we should be concerned and nobody's really addressing this. And that makes it even more concerning. Now, here's what makes this even more interesting. Going back to vinyl chloride, which was on the train, which then is potentially a by or couldn't can create the byproduct of dioxin when they burn it, which is what they weirdly chose to do. This is cognitive dissonant points out that after 17 years of inactivity and just a couple of weeks before the train derailment in East Palestine, by the way, I keep saying Palestine just because I want people thinking about Palestine. And it's really just a pronunciation thing, but yeah, plenty of people that live there are really adamant about that being pronunciated the right way. So fair enough. Palestine. Uh, the CDC decides to update its toxicology profile. <laughs> How do you possibly make sense of all of these different anomalies? The update change changes the lethal exposure from 100 parts per million to 100,000 parts per million. Isn't that convenient? I mean, ask yourself why... After 17 years, they just agree, shockingly increase what we pretend is the allowable amount of what later, a week, what, uh, what did it say? Two weeks later, I have the link right here. What is it? 17 years, a couple, a couple weeks. <laughs> I just read that. Uh, we'll go over the, the document next. But really, just a couple weeks later, it just happens to, to break. And people are saying there's an echo that doesn't seem to be on my end, but so be it. The timing of it i mean it just it's just really hard not to to think that there's more to it and annie points out that thanks for this i was desperately trying to pinpoint the changes made to the document versus earlier versions but it was like finding a needle in a haystack look what we found the ohio train derailment happened february 3rd note that in january a draft of vinyl chloride was submitted to dhhs for review that's below the full pdf is here you can look at it for yourself here are some headlines the nhs project project results i got when i searched up the peer-reviewed listed and you could just see that the the timing 
January 2023. Like, why is this all happening now? Could just be organic, but then the timing of when that very chemical, the chemical that now seemingly the whole country knows about, knows everything about, you know, it's sort of like with the vaccine. It's weird, isn't it? At the very least. Now you can go through this information for yourself and the time and the connections and so on. But my big point is the, it's the first thing that we're making here, the timing of this. Here is the, the NIH, or rather the uh, the HHS, excuse me, the he- above them, right? And their, their toxicology profile for vinyl chloride, January 2023. And just to make their point very clear, here is the, the version history. The last time that they did this was July 2006. And then they just so happened to do this on Janu- in January 2023. I mean, I just can't, that just doesn't, I can't think that that's nothing. I just don't know what is the mathematical likelihood of something like that. <laughs> I just think that's wild. So again, it's like the white noise thing. You guys make make of it what you will. But the truth is that they randomly increased what we argue is the safe amount of the thing that just caused one of the biggest environmental spills within the country in history. Sure. <laughs> now, I want to think I want to jump to this the conversation of uh basically the, the risks really and what we're seeing on the ground in some of Addy's videos. And this is where I brought up the point that uh, I brought up when I was talking to him. Then again, I'm not going to reference who it was, but the point is that somebody's reaching out, basically saying, look, you know, that this is concerning. They they do feel that a lot of people, what really, some people may be overblowing this, but the point is that they're claiming that the experts are saying that they're testing the air and the water. They're saying it's fine. It's safe. That's what we're hearing. Maybe there could be. I don't, I just don't feel that's the case based on a lot of things we're seeing and how weirdly dishonest they seem to be about everything. But what they're saying is that that could be manipulated by the sense that we're, this is why we've seen those videos where you step on things or you scratch the bottom of the water and all the weird oil sheen comes out. The point being is that the argument is this toxin, I'll just read what they wrote. If any media or independent researchers, it basically says that the, uh, it must be raised that the toxins are likely more dense than the water. Evidence is seen on some of these posts, surface tension images. If the toxins are more dense they will descend into the bottom of the body of water. If samples are being taken from the surface or very shallow depths, they may come back negative, but this would be a false negative. Of course, officials, experts will know that, and they could use that to their advantage, try and cover it up. Just a thought, not proving anything. But that being said, if somebody's out there, it's important, like any situation like this, going back to any of the spills before, knowing they lied about it the whole time, to find out for yourself and get independent testing to find out if that is the case. Now, let's go into some of these that we shared already on Twitter and so on. This is from Addy Ad's account. Now, give him a share and follow him. He's doing good work. He speaks to Ted Murphy, resident of Palestine. Oily substance coming up out of the ground around the rocks. That's what this individual was saying he found. Dead creek, dead animals, breathing in something that almost made him crash while he was driving. I said, I said it sure sounds like safe to come back and drink the water. Now, since we're running quite long today, I'm going to go ahead and leave you that for the wash for yourself. This is what's important to do good work on the ground. One million views. He's got one million views on this video, right? I mean, people are very interested in seeing this because they, they you're not getting this with the corporate media. And the other sad part is he just built a house for his family, for for his for his, I believe it's for his uh his daughter. And now they just they can't they can't go. It's sad. Here's the video we were talking about. Of uh, I'll just play it. It's just of uh, J- uh this is J.D. Vance. 
And it's the same thing we we're just telling you. Scratching the surface. And this was posted on the 16th or maybe the 15th, 16th. Let's see. This is disgusting. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can, you, show, can you come here? And, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to see this on the camera, but watch this. Look at you that. see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is wow. disgusting. And, and just, fact- so, just so it's clear, there's no misunderstanding that. Like, that would be seen if it was on the surface. So what that person is saying is right. So this is to, this is sinking down. And so if they are sampling from the surface, which, you know, maybe just be maybe just incompetence, or maybe it could be somebody knowing that they just want to pretend like they didn't get it. Somebody who knows maybe Norfolk Southern, maybe people working with that we pointed out have been involved in other cover-ups in the past that may just, you know, casually sample the top. I hope nobody notices. I mean, people are dishonest. We shouldn't, this idea that we pretend like that's just un, no, that how dare you suggest they would do that. These are companies. These are companies that would absolutely lie like all the rest of them do, like Pfizer, like Wells Fargo, like any other company that's been caught lying and then just pays a fee and goes back to work and continues to lie. That we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash. The fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. Do not forget these people. We've got to keep applying pressure. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Thank you. Now, Thank you. Now, you know, even if it's corrected and they do what they're supposed to, the point is the way it was handled first, the way that the choice is what made this problem. So even if that was th- what they thought was the right thing, they're still accountable for the choice that caused the problem and all of the financial and legal fallout. But then... They kept it quiet for 10 days. And now we talk about health. Now we talk about potential long-term cancer, whatever else was caused by not letting people know what was going on. That's the crazy part. Now, here are some other individuals that went out to a similar area and did something similar. Watch what comes up. Look at all the weird... Look at that. Wow. Oh, my God. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek bed. Wow. And to be clear again, this is not, they argue at least that this has nothing to do with the municipal water. But regardless, that's a huge deal. Now look at it. Wow. This stuff, you know, the only reason these things happen is because of the, you know, governments allowing this kind of stuff to be allowing the situations that allow these things to take place. But they burned all the chemicals off of there, right? That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's the point, too, right there, whether they're just these are average people that are there. They're just repeating what they're being told. And clearly they're being lied to. Now, again, for the same drink, the point is that they're arguing drink water is is not affected. The drinking water is safe. But I mean, I just I find that almost impossible to believe with the way that this was handled and how kind of ubiquitous this cloud became, as well as the ground, as well as the water. It seems like it just kind of ended up everywhere. I don't know how that would be, how you would be able to keep that out of. I mean, that's just I don't know. I, you guys come to your own conclusions. That just seems wild to me. 
Now, I just thought it was interesting, by the way, because, of you know, politics have warped everybody's brain, the two-party paradigm. So here is just a video of, of this politician going out and just showing you something. That's it. I'm scraping the ground and look at the chemicals. He's not implying anything. He's not saying this is what's being covered up. He's just simply going, here's what's happening, and we need to keep pointing this out. Tinfoil hat, conspiracy theory. Like, so, so now the reality is conspiracy theory. If you don't like it, apparently so. And you can look at the account. It seems to be, in a, it's not a parody or anything. This guy just believes the truth is conspiracy theory because it's inconvenient for the power structure. <laughs> Apparently that's the reality now. Oh, Nazis in Ukraine, conspiracy theory. Vaccines hurting people, conspiracy theory. Chemicals in the, in the water we can see, conspiracy theory. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, even if it is something you think is conspiracy, that response is ridiculous. Like, the dumbest possible ignorant response ever because it's just a complete sidestep of any real thinking and engagement. But here we are. <laughs> just people are your tinfoil hat as you literally show what's happening. I just can't get past that. Now, on top of that, I guess he missed the fact that they're openly telling you that on even the corporate media. Waterways along Ohio River still contaminated following train derailment carrying hazardous materials. My point, though, is that, look, they, they told people to come back right after this. And when they said that, they didn't say don't jump in the water. They didn't say the rivers are. They, they just said, come back. We're good. Then they followed up going, whoa, you know, this, make sure this, or make sure you wipe your house down. That was, it's just been so fly by the seat of your pants. That's after 10 days that where they pretty much kept this under wraps. I just think that's wild because it's dangerous. Clearly. I think that was it in here. No mention of dioxin, of course. And here is what they're telling you. I believe this is actually pretty current either yesterday or today. Now, this is there's long lasting toxic concerns in East Palestine. And here's what the experts or the you know representatives are telling you is the reality. We believe the testing is accurate. Uh, it is not just one test and we go away. We continue to test. We continue to monitor. And these are not just people uh, from the governor's office. This is the Ohio EPA. It's the U.S. EPA. Uh, and we're now bringing in other other experts as well. So that, you know, we got a lot of a lot of people in here who have absolutely no reason uh, to be lying, no reason to be minimizing this and candidly i have no reason to minimize uh this is anybody else wildly suspicious about that why would you even say that like like clearly if we're all a bunch of ridiculous conspiracy theorists like you know what's interesting on two points one what that shows you is what we keep telling you as the independent media today do you realize that we are setting the narrative today though that never used to be like this today the independent media points out what they're seeing and the me and the corporate media is now clearly obligated to shout it all down they used to act like we didn't matter. Now we clearly end up dictating narratives at least some of the time. So they have to step up and go, oh, we have no reason to lie to you. There's nobody here that would lie. Like, think about what a dumb statement that is. So you know everybody's financial connections. You know everybody and what they might think and what they care about. You know whether so, nor, so for, nor, God, geez, I can't say it. Norfolk Southern, whether or not they'd be willing to cover this up because clearly they're involved. They're paying for groups that are doing the testing. You know, it's, it's just crazy to me. And then also realize the EPA itself was involved with the decision to burn what created the problem. And then realize that groups like the CDC and the FDA, we've clearly become aware that they're captured agencies to some degree, but not the EPA. But yeah, don't trust me, guys. Nothing to see here. How, how often does that statement work for people? We have no reason to lie to you. Why would we lie? 
I just think that's weird. Particular problem. Uh, what we need to do is, uh, my obligation is to tell people what we know, when we know it, do it in real time. That's why we've held a number of press conferences. That's why we do a, a, a release every day of what evidence that we have uncovered and what the t- what the testing is, and we're going to continue to do that. Well, but see, that in and of itself is not true, right? You didn't do that for a long period of time in the beginning, at least not. I mean, even the locals here were asking what was going on over the kind of the third to the sixth, seventh time period, right? And then even the 10th, 11th was when everybody at large kind of got wind of this. So what was, what happened then? Right? I mean, I just think this is not, I, the way that they're acting is a little bit odd to me, but either way, whether he knows it or not, the point is that you're still testing. Now, yeah, you can argue that's just to be sure, but what does that tell you? At the very least that they, they're just, they're doing it just in case, in case what? In case we're wrong. That doesn't seem to scream, we're absolutely sure this is safe. Just going to go ahead and point that out. Now, of course, we would argue we would want them to do that even if they did know it was safe, right? So I get it. I'm just simply pointing out that it seems a little bit irresponsible to be telling people everything's good while it's pretty damn obvious that that's not the case. To what degree? As always, you can decide for yourself because you're an intelligent human being. The problem is they don't want you making those choices. They want you blindly following what they tell you is happening like every other situation. So I'm going to go through these. You know, just got just give you the breakdown of, because we pretty he pretty much walked you through what he was seeing, but these are the videos from Addy on the ground. The top. Oh, it's not that one. This one here. So just to show you, he that he basically put together this uh, net with a long stick so we wouldn't have to get inside. He's trying to find dead animals and stuff to prove this. Again, you know, it takes some courage to do that, guys. I wouldn't want to be there right now. See, he went out there and he's trying to scoop it all up. I mean, she just, this is really just for proof that he did do this and he is there. Right there, you know, getting this stuff out of the river. Okay, here's the next one. Oh, and it was kind of snowing there, which is interesting. Same thing in Tennessee. It went from being like borderline hot summer like tornado which apparently were tornadoes around and then today the next day it's like it's it literally snowed today in tennessee that does not seem normal to me on a side note but i think that was the yeah same kind of thing just shows you he's going around checking all these different areas and i think there was a part here at the end no same thing just these last ones are this last one in fact is the the one that i wanted to get to oh wait did i close that son of a gun of course i did let me find it real quick hold on I believe it was this one. One second. This one here. Yeah. Okay. This is this is the one where he, he goes through and shows you some stuff. I mean, you, you guys have seen other videos. They're literally just floating on the top, top of the water. It's pretty crazy. And it, kind of what I was saying with him on the show, by the way, is now that they're arguing, like, there's no foxes, there's no pigs, there's no sheep that have been killed. Apparently now it's like, oh, they're just fish that have been killed, you dumb conspiracy. 
Isn't that enough? Do you care that the river has been poisoned by a chemical spill that they covered, that they tried to cover? I mean, it's just so funny how it's almost like they're now producing so much. Like, I, I wonder whether that's part of the game coming out with grandiose assumptions that we, you know, that they try to pretend that's what we're all doing. And then once they debunk the crazy story, they act like the normal story. Well, that's all it is then. Well, all it is is a big deal, isn't it? Without the narratives around it all. Like, even with what we can prove right now, this is pretty crazy. These, we got one, two, three right there. You see them? You can see a little bird right now. Yeah. And fish floating in the Four, water. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's a huge one right there. And I'm going to duct tape it. And just, just so you guys know, he's only looking in the river right now. That's why he's finding fish and, and aquatic stuff. The point is, I have examples up, and he's already talked about it as well. Is there's a, and, uh, there's a whole discussion about this. There's people with chickens that they've already shown. There's foxes that have found with weird chemical stuff in their eyes and i mean it's it's very clear to me that this is affecting other things and i just don't know why they don't want to be honest about that that stick over there but before we do that let's, let's just look at this this is pretty crazy and this is why i accidentally put my finger in i mean if we can see this kind of stuff right on the rocks on it's the my, surface my index finger. why would we pretend that that wouldn't hurt you know a fox that came along the side of the water or how about a fox that drank the water it's just, it seems pretty basic to me. I think I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Watch this. That. Oh, hold on. I want to show it. See, you point this, the rock. See, look at the, like the colors and the, the discoloration on the rocks. These ones are a little harder to see with the glare. You can see it right there, but one of the ones he does is really, really obvious. Yeah. Every one of these are, are producing. See right there, you can see the sheen on the top of the whole here. river. Oh, wait, here we go. It's only when you really get into the bottom, and that's what really concerns me the most. See? It's all right. You can all see it right there. If you pause, you can really see the kind of reflective parts across the whole top of it. Right there, see? That's just so gross. It's pretty much the same thing as the other girl was showing. Her just her angle with the sun made it much more much easier to see. Pretty it's pretty much everywhere. Look at that. It's on the other side of the rock. See that? Look at that. You can just see it coming. Look at that nuts. one again. You can literally see it seeping out. Look at that. Nuts. Oh, yeah. That's in the ground, man. I mean, that's what's so crazy about it is that's like, what, is that, what does that really mean? Like, I, I want to speak to another expert about this. Like, if it's 
kind of set in the ground. What is that? What's the implication long term for that when the soil? Anyway, I mean, that's the gist of it. I, mean, I you know, just really appreciate that he's doing this, taking the time. I believe he's going on with some other channels right now or possibly after this. Man, oh, man. But, you know, it's all good, though. Come back. Well, here's what they're telling you on the fact check. Can't wait to get into that. Oh, man. These stupid corporate media platforms. Well, let's, let's guess where we were here today. So April, uh, February 16th. See, this is my point. Updated, published, updated. <laughs> they don't mostly, they don't even get one day before they change something. <laughs> it's just constant. So let's go through these. A train, train derailment, you know, ray of false. Here, let me do this so I can highlight it. Apologize if you can hear my pup chewing in the background. <laughs> okay. Posts built were were posts built on speculation, assumptions, and outright falsehoods accumulated thousands of views. And of course, that happens every time, right? That that happens all the time. And a lot of times when they're big stories, the corporate media is the one doing that. And they get all the views, right? But fun, the funny thing is they just don't like when people have their own opinions or you lie about it and they're in the direction they don't want you thinking in, which is maybe they're lying to you. The incident began shortly before, where was it? This uh, damage from cars, residents were ordered to evacuate. Now, my point here. Were ordered to evacuate when, due to the threat of possible explosion, they chose to breach the tanks and burn it themselves, sending hydrogen chloride and phosphine, phosgene, a toxic gas into the air. Okay, this is a new article. Where's the mention of dioxin? It's not in here. It's not. It's not even discussed. Interesting. So they leave that part out. But here's the claim: the government has locked down East Palestine. So this is how they play this game. Who's making that argument? Right. Somebody out there who just decided one day to say this is the lockdown overlap with COVID-19. It's a fair question to ask. Is this all about lockdown? But the point is that they just point these things out and say that's fake news because they well, some whoever said it is not citing some document that where here's where they plan to make the lock. They just they're picking some Facebook post and they just go, there's a fake story. The truth is that they know what they're trying to cover by doing this is the le- the people that are out there doing this objectively, covering this and showing you the data, not making outrageous claims and just saying, look at what's actually happening. Here's why you should question it. Here's what they didn't show you. Here's what's happening. And they're telling you it's not on and on and on. They can't fact check that because we're not making claims that we're, you know, th- that's how that works. But they pretend this or they'll take a side point and fact check that and act like he debunks what we're saying. You know this game. Claim, residents of East Palestine have been told not to return. <laughs> Who's saying that? Not only is it publicly obvious that they've been told to return, that's actually the point. They've been told to return and it's dangerous. So this is like a fact check of something. This is like a fake fact check to make you think that they, like, like almost like a, um, what's the term? Um, oh, I'm blanking on the term where you say the opposite and get someone to I'm forgetting it all of a sudden. Anyway, where you, you know, it's like a mental game where you get someone to think the thing you want them to think by saying the opposite. Somebody in the chat helped me out. I'm forgetting the term for that. But so the point is that they're saying that we're, if the claim is that they were told not to, and that's fake. And then so it makes you think that that's the truth they're trying to hide, that they told them not to come back. It's just so stupid. The point is that they told them to come back immediately, and that was everyone's talking point. Where is this even coming from? Well, some random Facebook post or whatever else. Animals in the area are dying. They're claiming that's not true. You know how? By simply going, well, only fish and aquatic species. This is what they said. We, have, we don't have any evidence 
This is what I always point out. Evidence are just data points. Proof is what they would say they don't have, which I disagree with that too. But they're going, we don't have any evidence. So that means they don't have any examples or even in people in other places, other counties, social media posts where they claim this is happening. That's what evidence would mean of non-aquatic species suffering. Okay, but then the next paragraph, well, there's been anecdotal reports. And by what they mean by that is with trying to make you sound like people sit, you know, telling a game of telephone. Well, no, in fact, we've got video reports. We've got actual local media reports. We've got all sorts of documentation, but that's all fake news because we've got no evidence of the things we can all see, right? Anecdotal reports, which by the way, constitutes evidence. I guess they just didn't know that at USA Today of other animals becoming sick or dying in the wake of the derailment. So yes, there is evidence. In fact, they don't like it though. It says, uh, next part, uh, McGuire said she's received reports from more than 20 families of, as of February 13th of some of their animals being diagnosed by their veterinarian with vinyl chloride poisoning. <laughs> if you're in, as astonished as I am that they can say two paragraphs ago that we don't have any evidence, and then the next thing they say is we have a veterinarian who's confirmed vinyl chloride poisoning with 20 families we're not talking about fish guys we're talking about dogs and cats and bigger animals i guess veterinarians proving vinyl chloride poisoning just isn't enough for usa today or anybody else reporting it because i'll tell you what you haven't heard that anywhere in the corporate media they're not telling you that families dogs have died or gotten sick because of vinyl chloride poisoning it says tissue samples which this is also under the category of no evidence from a six-week-old beef calf died February 11th in an area about two miles away from where this happened. Two miles. Now, they've sent that to the laboratory of Ohio's Department of Agriculture to see if the cause of death can be determined as of February 16th. I guess we'll have to hold our breath for when they don't tell you that or come back and say, nope, nothing to see. And either way, I'm not going to believe what they're saying because I don't believe they're being honest with us. I'm not saying I prove that. It's my opinion. The oh, thank you, Crush crush the stand reverse psychology i hate when i can't remember basic things like that the department continues to assure ohio oh oh ohioans is that how it's ohioans that its food supply is safe and the risk to livestock remains <laughs> low wait a minute didn't they just get done telling us that's not even true not the usa today but just in general there's no animals there's no risk you're okay come on back after one day later well, if the livestock risk is low, that still means a risk. I mean, I just this is just, this is the same as saying, well, you know, the risk of heart attacks and myocarditis is, is low. Well, I don't want to be taking it then, even if it's low, there's still a risk. It's just wild to me. Anyway, no evidence except all that very clear evidence, including veterinarians proving that they're poisoned by it. But fake news, though. You got to love how this goes forward. Oh, and by the way, just a casual search for Palestine, Ohio chickens dying. <laughs> I mean, you got local news, you've got insider, New York Post, but no, but no evidence, though. Totally fake news. How dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's just so ridiculous to me how they play this game. Oh, and then going back to that art, that that uh, one of the earlier, it's called the Falcon Refinance account or whatever it was called. It's important to understand that that account's gone now. Even though it was one of the earliest accounts that were really talking about this. Now, on top of that, I just want to make sure you see that. It's just gone, censored on free speech Twitter, or, or they deleted it. I, who knows? The point is, though, that this Brian character is replying to him back on uh, the 15th and just going, here are a few more distribution maps 
to show you like the overlap of things. And they're simp- they're citing from NOAA, the National Oceanic and As- Atmospheric Association or Administration, excuse me, the U.S. Department of Commerce. This is a U.S. government website, NOAA.gov. Just so that's clear. Here are the links. You want to see what happens when we look at them now? You want to see what happens when we look at the links that are supposed to show you the distribution maps over Ohio right now? Oh, weird. It's just, it just doesn't load. <laughs> How about this one? Oh, weird. The page doesn't. It's not found. That's strange. Isn't that your website? Isn't that? Isn't there, is there something wrong? Oh, weird. All three of them just aren't there anymore. Well, just so it's clear, the site does still work. <laughs> I mean, you can still look at stuff. It still loads. Here's the website. So it's odd to me that the three things he posts specifically around Ohio and what the distribution of these potentially could be are just gone. Now, I'm not saying that proves that this is a cover-up, but it's kind of hard to not see that there might be something going on here when these things just... Well, Oh, look, this one just came up. That's strange. This one won't load. But no, but now... Okay, but now it doesn't even... This isn't even what they were showing? Hold on. Yeah, this isn't this isn't what they were... This is Okay, just so we're clear, that's funny. It redirected is what it did. Here is a link to a distribution map. What it ultimately ended up loading was this kind of cursory page ready developed to allow users to access that's not what he posted so now they're redirecting to some benign page that doesn't make any sense to me unless there's something there whatever that may mean to you i find that very telling oh and then back to this before we go forward just (laughs) love the non-evidence claim dead fish and cattle have been reported hundreds of miles away so it's the game I'm sure there's somebody out there saying, here's a cow that died in New York. It's probably because of this. They're going to go, fake news. That's what they're all doing. That's pretty irresponsible and childish. The point is that we're talking about cattle two miles away, six miles away, that yes, have died. Now, and and we'll just say for my sake, am I saying we know that? Of course not. And you know we wouldn't do that unless we could prove it. And that's not the thing they would ever debunk because then it would make them look like they're hiding something. The point is they find the one thing on Facebook or Twitter that says the thing that they know isn't and they go, oh, it's everybody. I'm just pointing out these are, they are paying people to do this kind of nonsense. Journalists are being arrested in East Palestine. That's a claim. <laughs> not real, except the first line is a journalist was arrested in a press conference, but the charges have been dropped and there was only one. So it's not real, except you literally just said it did happen. And yes, journalists are being arrested in East Palestine. It's just so dumb the way they play. These. The point is they want you to read these and go, oh, it's fake. That's a claim. Oh, it's fake. Next claim, North Norfolk Southern is only offering residents $5 each. Same point. Just look at the links yourself. These are just average random people making a claim that they then somehow, the point is they want to conflate some random Facebook post or some random Twitter account with what we're doing at the last American vagabond with what people are doing at Like, let's say UK column or other outstanding platforms out there that are doing real work. And that's what they want. They want to belittle us as some kind of, you know, conspiracy theorists in their mother's basements. Fact check. No train wasn't a false flag. So going forward, let me close these real quick so we can keep this open. Here is one of these current. This is as of yesterday from USA Today. This is important to me because of the way that the Norfolk Southern handled this. It says, why are people getting sick? East Palestine residents voice concerns. 
They had a pan, they set up this entire town hall, and Norfolk Southern didn't show. Why? Because they felt threatened. She, <laughs> I wonder why. But I doubt they even actually felt threatened. I feel like that was a cop-out, which does not speak to transparency. I'll tell you right now, the people of the town are really unhappy with what's going on. And that's you could ask anybody around the area. The mayor told his resident that Norfolk Southern backed out of the open house meeting. Quote, Norfolk Southern didn't show up. They felt they didn't feel it was safe. Now, look, there's two ways you could take that, obviously. People have their opinions. I don't I, I find it hard to believe that Norfolk Southern would say that the chemicals are so dangerous, I don't want to show up and then pretend that everything's fine. For like to me, I think the obvious point is that that's them claiming that these the the mob is so angry that they don't want to show up because they feel threatened. That's the same game they play everywhere else. They make you the bad guy, like the school moms and the and the school board meetings. They're threatening us. Well, because you're literally killing their children, but they're not actually threatening you. They're simply saying we're going to get you fired, and they make that about violence. But they didn't show up. They didn't feel safe. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that meant that they understand that there's risks that they don't want to put themselves in. Certainly possible in regard to the dangers of chemicals. But it says they were all in the meetings. Then today I got a, a phone call. They didn't feel safe. That's from the governor. I believe it's the governor, right? The, the government, the local government saying that they were speaking with them. Now it says here, why are people getting sick? These are the locals. One woman is shouting this. Why are people getting sick if there's nothing in the air or water? Now, this is a real thing to think about, guys. Now, sure, just like any other situation, you could argue that this may be something else causing that, maybe natural illness, maybe because they're psychosomatic. Those are always all things we should ask. But the reality is that, as you see Addie speaking with people, anybody, people everywhere are talking about headaches. One guy said, Fox News, we're talking some, uh, both on Tucker and Jesse Waters, I believe. Both of these guys are saying headaches, rashes. Now, maybe they're lying. Who knows? But at some point, we have to acknowledge that there are people everywhere saying similar things. So again, if they are happening, what, or so if they're saying it's not happening, why are people getting sick? At the very least, then you should be able to engage with these people. And that's guess what they say. Everyone who started to experience symptoms of any kind since this, go to the doctor. Well, great. What if they can't afford that? What if they don't have insurance? Blah, 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 right? He says, quote, go to your doctor. Get that medical record. Let's let science tell us what that was. Great. So let's just prolong this instead of acknowledging the fact that people, it's just like the injection. Of course, correlation means everything we want it to. It means nothing when they don't. Clearly, some of this is related to what happened. If everyone's suddenly having similar symptoms and it correlates with exactly, you know that. And all they're doing is saying, send everyone individually to the doctor. Let's look at the paperwork so we can dispute it. That's how I read that. Officials explain that in some cases, a smell, so smelling the chemicals may persist. Get this. But that may not mean the air is dangerous levels. That may not mean, well, wow, I feel good about that. Well, how about the fact that when you smell chemicals in the air, I'm pretty certain that does not mean there's nothing there. Double negative is tricky. The point is ultimately that if you smell it, there's something there. That's a simple fact. And the, par- the problem is that they're just kind of playing this fast and loose. Well, it may not mean it. You're good either way. We don't know. I probably drink bottled water, but go ahead and go back. The water's fine. We're hearing this kind of stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me other than something bigger. Now, bringing this to the beginning of this to kind of wrap this last point, I am, at some level, I feel quite strongly that this is about the justification for infrastructure changes. 
whether that's been capitalized on or was the whole point up for you to decide. But we know never let a good crisis go to waste my mentality. I think we're seeing stuff like this come out where they're going, yeah, see, infrastructure collapsing. Just a you know mistake because of malfeasance. So it's still their fault, but it's just really collapsing infrastructure. Well, guess what? We've got a solution in the wings. That's what I see coming, personally. But so what this says, SL Canton says, shocking. This is an actual freight chain moving over a twisted, bendy railway track linking Ohio and Indiana in the USA. Now, it is a little bit of the way that it's framed makes it look a lot worse, but this is still crazy to me. Like the fact that this is what they're running over when they're carrying things like what we're dealing with now is kind of crazy. So watch it run by. I mean, let's get it right to the point where it goes over it. Look at this thing. I mean, that's just, that is pretty wild. And you can tell by the track, that's dilapidated. I mean, it's not supposed to be like that. It says America should fix its S-hole infrastructure rather than waging endless wars, which I agree with. But the problem now is that's almost what they want. Turn this down. Oh, that was it right there. Why not show it? Go over the worst part. There's something with that. But either way, the bottom line is, guys, that there's what they want from us right now is to demand that they fix this because then, sure enough, they've got a solution for that. But guess what? The wars are going to go on no matter what. <laughs> so that just, we'll just split it between the two. But it's apparently derailments, and this is the other important part, are very common in the United States. Now, this is what we're being told. Just always factor that in. It may not be entirely the truth, but just taking it face value, because I do believe this appears to be the truth based on previous discussions before all of this. As they say, on average, 1,700 trains go off the tracks every year. Like, just for some context, we understand like, even I, when this first, I, I thought it was more interesting, not because of the train crashes, but because we had Ohio happen, and 10 days later, we then had about three in 24 hours, all of which included, or at least were mentioned, including hazardous material. That's what I thought was really very strange. Just coincident, the timing of it all. But let's just take this. If we break that down, set just the average, 1,700, just off the tracks, doesn't mean crashes fires and all the same stuff it just means that we the train comes off the track and then creates the possibility for this kind of problem not the malfeasance of burning chemicals to cause an environmental disaster but no the fire and the crash right that breaks down to 141 train crashes or derailments every month so right now when we got people right they're doing what you keep seeing oh another crash oh another train crash it's all connected well it could be but that's an assumption and arguably with 141 a month it's probably pretty easy to find these right now. And suddenly we're all now paying attention to it. So just think about how that does play a factor. But that also does get abused by people that know that that does make it look like it's benign. Either way, we shouldn't be okay with 141 crashes. There's obviously an issue there. But my point was not about train crashes. It's about the context of the point of all of it together. And we do know that there was a weird overlap with these weird, you know, the hazardous materials and, the, you know, all these different things within a very short period of time while this story was happening. But I'm still mostly concerned about the choices that happened after this, not the crash itself, personally. It says, we only hear about it when really toxic materials are spilled. This is be stupidity beyond belief. It says more than a dozen trains have derailed in the U.S. this year. And that's, they're writing this on February 13th, 2023. So clearly they're trying to get ahead of the story. Two days we're talking about it. So now they're coming out going, oh yeah, it's okay. This happens all the time. Why is that even necessary? Compare this to the awesome railway infrastructure that links China and Europe. Of course, you know, this is their opinion. 
pointing out, look at the other countries, now better they are than us. You know, is it, possibly. I, I don't know the validity of whether those are, you know, but the point would be, I think that the U.S. specifically has a vested interest in letting this be the way it is so they can justify the next steps. That's what I would look at. But I don't, all these governments, I think, are trying to manipulate. Here's another part to think about. When we're talking about what's on the train and how odd it was that they don't tell, oh, like four days later after they burned it, they're, oh, yeah, there are three days. There's three other chemicals in there we just now tell you about. And even when this happened, there was weird disputes about what we don't know exactly, that we don't have the right information. I think that was a lie. I made this point the other day. First, before we even get into this, I made clear that people in restaurants have things called material safety data sheets. As a chef or a manager, I was required to know every single chemical in the restaurant, know how it could hurt people, how it needed to be cleaned up, and what would happen if somebody, you know, got in their eyes, digested it, and blah, blah, blah. And I had to literally take a test to prove that I knew this stuff, as most of these people would in restaurants that care. And most restaurants are forced to, especially with corporate or higher level. So you're telling me that a chef at a restaurant is has to know every single thing in the restaurant, but these guys could tell you weeks later because they didn't know it was on the train? I just don't buy that for a second. But the point here is this is January 19th, 2023. It says <clears throat> Railnick updates Ask Rail first responder app. This is before the trailer, the crash. It says, and this goes back to the 2014, launched in 2014, Ask Rail is a collaborative effort among the emergency response community. One of the what groups involved with them? Norfolk Southern. It says it provides more than 35,000 first responders from all 50 states and eight Canadian provinces, quote, with immediate access to accurate, timely data about what type of hazardous materials a rail car is carrying so they can make informed decisions on how to best respond in a rail accident. 2014, that was put in place with Norfolk Southern. January 19th, 2023, they update the app. So as far as we're concerned, in February, this thing should be up to date and ready to roll. Every responder in the area should have been able to immediately access with accurate, timely data every single thing that was on there. So why didn't they? Either they didn't, and that's a big problem, and they hid that from the company level, or the first responders, the people involved, choose for some reason to keep that from your view. I just don't know how to explain that, other than some kind of effort to keep this held back. Now, here is the... Um, Oh, that's right. I was I was able to find this effectively. Here was the, oh, this. So this is posted on railwayage.com. Right. So it's the same report, mind you. But here's what I find interesting. I had this originally, as you can see, on Norfolk Southern's website. And again, it says part of the training focuses on Ask Rail, a mobile application for first responders that provides real time data about what is in the cars. Right. So this is a recent article. And this was on their website. Except now, I don't seem to be there anymore. <laughs> just, again, I just, I, these are all real. You can look and look. You search for Ask Rail in their website. Nothing. I mean, look, you could see, literally was just, re, it's right there. Ask Rail, it's in there. You can see that it's Norfolk Southern. My point is that for some reason, that's no longer there. As far as I can tell. It didn't load. It's not coming up. How do you explain that? Why would Norfolk Southern not want you to, I think that explains itself, if that's the reality. Either way, there's a lot of weird, shifty cover-ups seem to be going. And again, this could just be like an Exxon kind of thing, where they just don't want you to see how bad it is because they're trying to get away from legalities and accountability. But something about this feels bigger to me. I don't know why, other than the points we've already made. 
Now, lastly, here is the Norfolk Southern account, which I'm following to see the updates and so on. They put this out on the 14th, 16th, excuse me. And it just says, we will not walk away. And they're just simply saying, don't worry, we're going to be here. I hear you. We hear you. <laughs> Clearly not when they didn't show up to be heard, right? Like, think about how insulting that is. We hear you, except we didn't want to show up because you you scare us. Point is, we will do our work. We've dedicated a million dollars and on and on. But our work is far from over as we continue to clean up the area. Net environmental testing is carried out, except they're using companies that, as I think it was Chief Nerd pointed out, that that's the same companies that have been used in the past who have covered up previous spills that have later been shown to be worse than they were making clear. And But nobody cares, apparently. Uh, where was it? I think it was... Anyway, it wasn't the main point was they're simply just saying that they're doing their best. And I, I think there's active manipulation going on. I thought this was kind of strange. So what do you think? So just so we're clear, Norfolk Southern's account, every single thing we're looking at is all about the trains, about the, the you know, whether it's connected to Ohio or not, just train stuff, trains, journal, the fact check, the claims about the Ohio story. Just so you see it, it's all related to the same conversation, either Ohio or just other train stuff. But then weirdly out of place, they retweet, Norfolk Southern retweets Elon Musk about literally nothing related. Note, if many people who you follow or like also follow me, it is highly probable the algorithm will recommend my tweets and it's not super sophisticated. In coming months, we will offer the ability to adjust the algorithm closer to match. Okay. <laughs> Why did Norfolk Southern retweet that? I, I maybe it's nothing. Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just interesting things I like to point out. I just think that's telling for some reason. You'll you'll find that they don't retweet anything other he did and whatever else he said as far back as you want to look, but for some strange reason, like I guess my thought would be like I don't know, they want people to think that they're they're connected or that they support Elon Musk or Twitter, I don't even know. Maybe I'm just reading into nothing. I just thought that was kind of strange. Now, on the last point on this, before we finish with COVID and a few points, not that much, Raw Alerts points out, as of the 16th, another gigantic fire. Kind of going back to the plants and all the rest of it. But this overlaps, interestingly enough, because it has potentially hazardous fumes. This is a five-acre warehouse fire. Currently, over 80 firefighters are battling a massive five-acre fire that has broken out at a warehouse storing plastic plant pots, fertilizers, and other plant materials. Well, first of all, plastics and so on have the potential to be the same kind of problem, but the fertilizer overlap, really? One of the train cars, by the way, that we talked about on the other crash on that day, I forget if it was Arizona or South Carolina, I forget, but that, and it was not the Ohio-related one, but it was one of the other train crashes that also had hazardous, pro hazardous problems. That was a chemical involved with making fertilizer. So I just kind of find the fertilizer thing is a huge point for SGD, for the Great Reset, for the climate change discussion. So could be coincidence, could be more. Either way, hazardous chemicals being, you know, the, the big smoke and five-acre fire overlaps with everything. I just, you know, maybe we're just looking for these things in everything we see. That is possible. Maybe not. Now, some points to finish with today in regard to both COVID-19 and the Great Reset kind of direction. I just want to show you how ridiculous this is, more so than we've ever seen. Like, it's just the point now we've proven all of this stuff, like so far past the point to where now we're just on to other stories, apparently. <laughs> like, it just doesn't even matter that this is the biggest example of fraud, I think, in human history. What they've done with these mRNA injections and still now pushing forward as if it was a success is kind of mind-blowing. Rage Against the Vaccine points out this is a new post from Sky News and everyone else is posting the same thing. This is how now they've... They, um, 
consider the evolution of this conversation about natural immunity. Well, I was just joking with Courtney about the member of the Mother Jones article, the dangerous conspiracy theory called natural immunity. I've been making, let me see if I can actually make it come up. That'd be funny. Right there. Look at that. Love it. Okay. So this is just hilarious. And I said this when I first covered this. This is going to go down in infamy. This is one of the worst examples of towing the line I've ever seen in my life. This is in 2020. This has just started. Kira Butler, who should be very embarrassed, who, if you look at her, she's a health writer, <laughs> if you believe that, literally says, and this is just in the context of COVID-19, guys, apparently, because of the revisionist history, now in, in natural immunity never even existed, and it's a dangerous theory that only anti-vaxxers are talking about. Now, oh, it's going mainstream. Oh, those chicken pox parties and those maniacs with their fake natural immunity. Really? So now it's come full circle, right? There was a phase where that was fake. It didn't exist. Then it was like, no, it does exist. But not for COVID, though. We're not sure. Then it became, well, it does, but it's not as good. Then it became, it is absolutely better and the vaccines are killing people. And now we're coming all the way back around. They're going, well, well, well. It's, where is it? It's, uh, it says, as good, <laughs> Past COVID infection is as good as vaccines. Can you believe it? So they're hoping we're stupid enough to be like, see, we told you it was as good. No, that's just lazy. Natural immunity is what you model vaccinations after. And natural immunity, whatever we're dealing with, is what you should strive for. And natural immunity in this case is exponentially, quantifiably, in every possible metric, every, I mean, I can't even think of a big enough number better than whatever you're pumping in your veins with that dangerous mRNA injection. But they're going to tell you it's as good because it was funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> it's just so funny. It says previous COVID infection boosts long-term immunity and lowers the risk of hospitalization and death at the same level as vaccination. I mean, it's really like how, so the point is that natural immunity has always been what we're talking about. And now we're proving that the injection is just not only been lied about, but straight up killing people or hurting them, debilitating. It's, we, this is so damn clear at this point, but now we've got a peer reviewed study that says it's as good. And it's probably based on observational information. I didn't even, the point is I, I this will be probably something I come back to on a COVID focused show. But this is just embarrassing. Now, the point about Red Cross, which is one of the central points to end with here today, this is not even like a huge, this is just as simple as it gets. And I've been beating this drum long before January 22nd, which is when I called them out last time. But you guys know this. We've talked about this since the moment this was happening. And with it, I, I called the Red Cross. I caught them on the phone. I've played that many times where they admit to you that it actually was what they were saying on the air, that it, it but either removed them or just didn't produce high, good enough antibodies to make sense. But they lie about that now. If you read their documentation, they go, no, it's all good. We just have enough. We don't need it anymore. And then simultaneously, you can show hospitals going, we need blood. I'm just lying to you. But here's the main point today. All of that aside, all of the lies and all the manipulations about what was going on there, they know today this goes in your blood because we've got numerous peer-reviewed studies that prove that. At the very least, it makes it not so easily dismissed. But here's what I said. Why are you still maintaining the public stance that mRNA vaccines, quote, do not enter the blood, despite numerous peer-reviewed studies, latest link below, finding the exact opposite? It's a pretty simple question. If a peer-reviewed study finds it does, shouldn't you at least consider that? Shouldn't you take a pause just to be safe? No, because it's not about facts and science. It's about narrative. And they're willing to risk your life to do so. Isn't that very dangerous and wildly irresponsible? It is. Legal accountability. So here's what we're pointing at. 
I shared this on the 22nd. Here's the post on September 13, 2022. That on in 2022, the Red Cross literally in response to somebody else said, we don't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood because the COVID vaccine doesn't enter your bloodstream, stupid. I added that. That's what they said. Does not enter your bloodstream. And because of that, poses no safety risk to the recipient. So really, that's going to age the word that that's about as that's going to age about as well as this ridiculous article. As it already has, for the most part, no risk to the recipient. My God. Well, first of all, even they say there's always some risk. That's Red Cross. Well, there's no risk. <laughs> well, the point is about the blood. So I followed up on this tweet after I've been ha- attacking that since they put it out. Did a whole show on that, by the way, when this study came out, January 17th, 2023. So maybe, maybe, maybe they just didn't see it. And now we've gotten, we've gone forward to January from September, 2022. And I followed up yet another on top of the last ones, peer reviewed study finds that you are wrong. How is it that we can know this? And yet you are still standing by that statement. You are putting people in danger. You are accountable for this action or lack thereof. Guess what? They don't care. Retweet it again. You do that. So it pops back up at the top of your feed. People can see it. I'm trying to draw attention to this. Because these things get buried, especially when you respond to somebody. It doesn't end up in the main page. They know that. But the point is this study is very clear. SARS-CoV-2 spike mRNA vaccine sequences, vaccine sequences circulate the blood up to 28 days. PubMed, NIH, National Library of Medicine, peer-reviewed. Oh, okay, well, they just don't care then. I mean, think about how wild that is. You know they saw it. I, I tagged them. I, cut, I responded to them. And first of all, you know at some level there are people involved that are aware of these studies. And yet right now their public stance, whether they may, they're doing something different behind the scenes, I don't know, is that they don't care because there's no risk. I just get blown away by that. And Censor This points out, thank you for this. He said, thanks for sharing in regard to what I posted. He said, the NIH published a study, which we've shown you, that the mRNA was detectable at least 15 days after. So now they've got four or five studies now that are literally finding exactly what they're lying about. Your newer NIH study proves the Red Cross must publicly retract and update their policies. They haven't. They're citing the same thing. Here's the study. Thank you, censor this. What they post. 2022, July. So it wasn't even just that it's just 2023. It's always been there. Vaccine mRNA can be detected in the blood. 15 days post-vaccination. Now, mRNA means that's carrying the instructions to make spike protein, which then also circulates your body and continues to be made. This is nothing if not dangerous. But they don't care. And the Red Cross will continue to lie to you. This is, If this shows you anything, let it show you that there's something bigger going on and always has been, that powerful entities can in fact manipulate people as like entire and i mean the pro it could be that everybody involved knows and they just are afraid to say it or it could be that only people at the very top are aware of this and every every other aspect has been conditioned to only look at what they're given and only look at what the cdc says is what's allowed to be engaged with or however you want to read it how but whatever you think you have to acknowledge this is peer-reviewed and that's what we're supposed to consider and right now they are not only giving people injections or rather blood transfusions using blood that was taken from vaccinated people, which means it does have this in there potentially, or they're withholding transfusion for people that don't get there. I mean, it, it, it's completely counterintuitive. I think it's intentional, but and, and clearly so too does bright light news in a broad sense. 
Here's a clip of a, of a larger interview you should watch. And this is what we've been telling you from the very beginning, including with this exact example, because it's pretty sad. Former journalist Rodney Palmer exposes the lies and deception of the media today. And here on CBN, CB, CBC News is what they're pointing out and how they covered this up and lied about it. This is what happens when journalists lie to Canadians. On the right is Carol Pierce, who's dead. She went in to get her booster shot because it's safe and effective. She heard all day long on the CBC, neither safe nor effective for Carol Pierce. There's a 15-minute waiting period because they want to watch you, see if your arm gets hot. She died at minute seven in the chair. This has been talked about by Del Bigtree. Plenty. And I, I, this is completely verifiable. They just argue that she just died by, from something else within seven minutes of sitting in that chair, taking that shot. Did they prove that? No, they don't have to prove it on that side. Because isn't that, isn't that perfect? They just, they, all they have to do is say it's not the injection. We don't have to prove what it was, but you do. Even though that's basically impossible most of the time with an injection death. At the pharmacist's office, her daughter on the left instantly knew what went wrong because her gut told her the truth. And the uh, postmortem was officially declared as natural causes. So every journalist at the CBC, and that includes Adrian Arsenault, and that includes Katie Simpson, and that includes Matt Galloway, because I've heard them all lie, mislead, or deceive, are responsible for the death of this woman, I believe. And everyone who got a vaccine, who didn't want one, who thought better of it, who questioned it, whose gut told them something not quite right about the speed of this, and was told, well, my CBC, who have I trusted forever, has told me it's safe. They've got blood on their hands, and if they announce it tomorrow, they've still got blood on their hands. Exactly. Exactly. Watch the full speech. Quick side note, by the way, it looks like there's something uh, being censored in the chat. Somebody's saying they're posting things and it's being censored by YouTube. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I, we've been pointing that out over the years where you even can see sometimes where it says censored by YouTube, but I think they've taken that away. Very telling, by the way. Uh, let's see. <laughs> all right, so the next part. I'm not going to play it. You can watch it for yourself. John Campbell, brain injury. We've already talked about something similar multifocal necrotizing encephalitis that's dead bits of an inflamed brain spike protein from the vaccine found in the damaged brain i just don't know what more we need to see at this point guys this is real stuff now actually what i will do so you guys can have this this talk now we're going to welcome to this talk now we're going to look the information since he always posts his source material and i know that here's the actual link Uh, yeah we have talked about this we've talked we already reported this one I mean, if you could find this, it did. You, could find, you We went through this before, and they have spike protein that's in the person's brain, and they died from some. That is obviously a problem. And obviously, as an investigator, you would say that's a likely culprit, but they just don't today. They just ignore it. One, possibly because they're afraid to get canceled by the medical establishment, or because they don't know anymore, or because they take the CDC's word for it. I don't know. But the reality is, this has never been more clear. I'm glad John Campbell has come around to that because at first he wasn't exactly. Now he's, he's, now he's a, now he's one of the conspiracy. They call him a dangerous conspiracy theorist because he says what's going on. Here's another example of something that's concerning. Persistent varicella zoster virus infection. And we've talked about the Z- herpes zoster association from the beginning of all this. 
following, and this is a new one. This is uh, reasonably new, August 25th, 2022 following COVID vaccination was associated with the presence of encoded spike protein in the lesion, showing you the spike protein association with not just what we're seeing everywhere else, but other types of infections. I mean, my God, this thing is clearly what we thought it was. Here is what they're doing with it now. Not necessarily the spike protein, but the mRNA platform, just like we told you was always the plan, just like they did from the beginning. This was how Moderna started all of this. They got the sequence from China without proving anything, and they immediately made an injection two days later. And and I've gone over this many times. Two days after the sequence, they already had the formula. China's admitted that they didn't isolate it. Well, on the record, they hadn't even at that point, but they've admitted when that was done, they hadn't isolated it. So they never needed it to be isolated because that was never about the point. It was about the sequence and the platform, and they just forced in the metric, seemingly, and everyone else did the same thing. Now they're making flu mRNA, RSV mRNA. They're making monkeypox mRNA. Oh, and by the way, simultaneously trying to mash them all together in one thing all at the same time because it's all safe and effective and EUA and, you know, whatever all the other mantras I'm trying to remember they're saying, but they will just yell these things at you and push it out anyway. This stuff concerns the hell out of me. I think this is the one. Hey, Scott. Well, this is on Moderna's mRNA vaccine for flu. Some phase three results coming in a bit mixed, and you are seeing the stock dropping in the after hours down now more than 6%. So Moderna saying essentially uh, the study met the goals against influenza A, which is the more common type of circulating flu, but didn't meet the study goals against influenza B. Now, this is just great. So with like thousands or millions of the different strains, they're like, good, we got one. <laughs> it's, it's working. It's the most popular one even though it changes every time or, or yeah, I mean, aren't they the ones telling you that because of lockdown, COVID mask, whatever else they want to choose in the moment, everything's different now and things are more dangerous and we don't know where resistance are down, but don't worry. This new thing fights one of them kind of, and we're going to put it out anyway, though. That's, that's where it's going. Just a study looking at the immune response and the safety of the vaccine. Uh, they also have another phase three study running, which will actually show efficacy and protection against the flu that they say they are going to get results on a little sooner than expected. We should have an update by the end of the first quarter. And that. Oh, good. So, yeah. So we didn't go back to normal. We're still rushing these things through, even though we don't need to right now. Right. We're not in some flu pandemic. We're not all die or whatever you want to think. We're not what we're not living through some kind of problem. These are things they're making just for going forward flu, right? That's, that's what they're telling you. Those are just for flu going forward. Okay, well, then why are you doing it in three months? Because that was always the plan. That's the MRA platform. Well, shouldn't we stand back and go, you just killed a lot of people or clearly it didn't work the way you planned because you said we're rushing for safety or whatever their narrative was. Doing dangerous things for your safety. My point is that's what they're still doing. All of this is going forward. I bet you these things are even emergency authorization for some kids. That doesn't make sense. Bottom line is, even aside from emergency authorization, they're doing this in an escalated time frame. You want to explain that? Shouldn't we demand the three-month time period, or excuse me, two to three-year trial period they used to have to ensure these things aren't going to kill people? And even then, they sometimes did? Nope. They're going to have it out by next quarter. Safe and effective. Shut up. <laughs> That's what's happening probably is the more important one uh, because it actually shows the real world efficacy or the, at least the clinical efficacy and trials uh, of this vaccine. Now, in terms of tolerability, so important because we know with mRNA. And, and remember, clinical, how well did their clinical efficacy and their what they told you happened in the trials translate to the real world? Like we're only now looking at the phase three information of the beginning and realizing, oh, they totally lied about everything. In fact, it shows a 36% increase if you took the injection versus the placebo of serious adverse events, 36% for, for Pfizer. 
That's what their own trial showed. They lied about it. They said, hey, 95% effective. It's good. We're safe. Safe and effective. I don't know why that's not the biggest story in the century. Where's Fox and CNN? That is a huge study that was done, peer-reviewed, that finds their own trial showed the problem. But it's all good, though, because we're looking at the flu now. Same thing. Shut up about vaccine. it. Sometimes they cannot feel so great after you get one. They said that this is well tolerated, but the tolerability is so important because we know with mRNA vaccines, sometimes they cannot feel so great after you get one. Yeah, that's because they're hurting people. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. As they tell you, anything you feel, what's spo- that's what's supposed to happen. That's what the CDC site says about any side effects you feel. It's just normal. They're supposed to happen. Oh, great. So as you're having a heart attack, that's okay. It's just, that's what they told me was supposed to happen. They said that this is well tolerated, but they did say that more participants on their vaccine experienced low grade side effects compared with the sort of standard flu vaccine that they were comparing it with in the trial, guys. So great. So here we are already right there. Their positive report is it's already going to hurt you more than the, re- the real flu shot or the, or the old one. <laughs> Is that why, why does that seem okay to anybody? So it's okay though. You might have a week, two weeks where you're sick and you're hurt and your, your, your lymph nodes swell up and you kind of have shakes and stuff, but it's all good though. That's just, that's what's better. It's better to have the MRNA thing that kind of doesn't work and hurt your immune system because I, mean, I don't even know how people are buying. This is why people aren't getting the current one because they're just pushing this like crazy when it even on the surface doesn't seem to make sense anymore. It's going to hurt you more, but it's good because we're, I don't even know. I just you can't even make fun of it. It's so stupid. We know that this is part of the bigger strategy for Moderna to expand its mRNA vaccine exactly. beyond COVID uh, to flu and RSV. Ultimately, the idea is to package all of them together. That is several years away. There you go. I mean, that that's fake news when I say it, but clearly they're, that's the point. They are already aiming at that, and they haven't even proven their current thing is safe. I just It's mind-blowing, and they're, this, they're all hyped up about this. Oh, it's going to make lots of money. Uh, but we are getting the first sort of late stage trial results looking at mRNA moving into seasonal flu vaccines. And it's a bit mixed at this point, although Moderna says uh, it does look pretty positive. Scott sending of course it back it to does. you. Lots a of key funny. part of the thesis is you just underscored, Meg, that the bulls have for this stock, expanding mRNA to all sorts of other areas. Thank you. For- right. That's their goal. The bulls, right? People that want to make money. So they're going to jam this thing into every possible vector they can. Who cares about what happens? And that all comes back to the government allowing these companies to have that kind of influence and control. Sad. People are dying. Now, from a European perspective, here's, uh, you know, what's her name? Ursula uh, von der Leyen. We know the story here. I mean, this has been, this is corporate media, Politico. European Parliament chief blocks public scrutiny. The point is that this woman personally made private communication deals with Pfizer that apparently no one gets to know about. And now when she's trying to be held accountable, she won't even engage in the process. This is what it looks like to be unaccountable, have impunity. These are people that are so strong, so powerful, they just go piss off. I don't care. Oh, I'm I'm Albert Borla. I'm not even going to show up. Whatever happened? Oh, nothing. So who's really in power here? Who are the real power? Are the governments? Well, they signed contracts that essentially signed over your assets to Pfizer. So who's really in control here? You know, we're watching this kind of fascist entity or fascist um, situation where the corporation and the government kind of blur. That is the public-private partnership. That's World Economic Forum stuff. That's where we're going. But don't don't, don't you understand Ursula and all these people? They're the good ones, right? They're the people fighting for sustainability and equity. So just shut up and do what they tell you to and don't ask questions. Public attention for Pfizer text message gate is massive. 
This is a multi-billion euro deal. With her money? No, with your money. As EP, we should be able to hold her accountable. This is an insult to EP and, most importantly, to the public. But guess what? Nothing is going to happen. This is a member of parliament. But nothing's going to happen. It just shows you the accountable unaccountability that these people truly have. And then just to throw it in for good measure, let's not forget, just want to remind everybody, peer-reviewed science has now found that, quote, at a global level, pre-vaccination, so before we ever got into vaccinations, 2020, before infection fatality rate may have been as low as 0.03 and 0.07. So 0.03 under 59, 0.07 under 69. So under 69 years old, so the vast majority of people were way less risk than the flu. Just understand that. The reality is this was always less than the flu and we were lied to. The peer-reviewed science makes that clear. And so too does Neil Ferguson, the lies we saw in the beginning, the way that they did this, the way they conflated flu and pneumonia, the way that they did everything possible to make this look worse. We were lied to. Now, Andrew Lawton points out that even though we know this and even though we've proven everything, well, they just investigate themselves. They found themselves not guilty. That's how it always works, right? Isn't that accountability? Isn't that democracy? Well, Public Order Emergency Commission the Public Order Emergency Commission finds the federal government of Canada, well, that when they evoked the Emergency Act, was appropriate. (laughs) Of course, it was appropriate. They did what they thought was right with limited information. Tattoo that on their foreheads. For these reasons, I have concluded the cabinet was reasonably concerned that the situation is facing is worse. Okay, so again, it's all responsible, reasonably. So the point is, they didn't know. They thought they were in danger, so they took drastic measures. Well, that doesn't, I don't care. Your measures were ridiculous. The facts that we saw at the time contradict what you were saying. The point is, this is them covering their own asses. We know they were wrong. They know they were wrong, but they don't care. And now they're telling you, we don't care that you know. Democracy. Well, going forward, they are clearly trying to drive more concerns, more risk. We've seen the Marburg thing rise up and they're, da- oh, more risks and more biosecurity state investment, right? It's just very telling. Oh, wait, this is interesting. This isn't the one I was looking for. That's strange. I thought it said... That's weird. I wanna... Let me check something real quick. Make sure that this didn't change on me, which seemingly happens. I've... Let's find out. Come on, come on. Nice. Okay. We've got one. Perfect. Let's see if this one is the same. I kind of thought the headline was different. No, I guess not. I must have got the wrong article. In any case, my point was that simply they keep pointing out that, you know, the point here was local. As the tridemic, as the tridemic is on the decline. Now, yeah, I swear I had that. Well, anyway, the point was that that they're arguing that it's on the decline and now we're worried about the new thing. The norovirus. Well, my point, and I actually tweeted about this, but I don't think I'm to find it. Look on my Twitter account. I simply said the point that I said, oh, so now it decline. Well, whatever happened to the tridemic in the first place? Right? Did, did, did we get overwhelmed with RSV and everything? No, that never happened. So all they're doing is pretending like we just went through what they predicted. Now that that's on the decline, here's the new thing. But that never even happened. Like, what about the, pan, the pandemic or the, the dark winters they kept telling Every single time they just throw their narrative at you and then act like that's what happened. We didn't even, that's not what happened. 
They are manufacturing the reality. And all they're doing is trying to give you something else to be worried about. And also think about the interesting point about how this is a vomiting disease. Well, what's happening right now that might cause people to throw up and get sick and get dizzy? Well, a lot's happening in Ohio and a lot of other surrounding areas. Who knows? Could be not connected. Maybe they are. Ask questions, guys. It's okay to ask the questions they don't want you to ask. Even if they call it conspiracy theory. Even if it is conspiracy theory. Even if you're wrong. You have a right to ask these questions, and we should ask them. But to finish up, just to make these points clear about how this is still driving, we are still marching. They are still marching in lockstep to the Great Reset. Bernie's tweets, which you should be following. UK citizens will store their financial data on a single, quote, super app. wonder if it has to do with uh, the Twitter overlap and the WeChat game. Like the NHS, I didn't mean game as in a game, like a game they're playing with it. Like the NHS health app. Recording each citizen's economic footprint, including credit ratings. Look at that. Almost like exactly what we told you was going to happen. No, it's not social credit. Ushering in a surveillance state system with complete control over citizens with no mandate. UK government must create digital ID super apps, says top financier. It's all coming, guys. They're telling you where this is going. Here is a very telling video clip. From the World Government Summit, that's totally not a, you know, there's no world government, but as they connect, collect at the World Government Summit, it shows you what they want to do, what they're talking about. Showing you that they're talking about a shock, that we need a shock to cause the transition. And then we'll finish with Klaus Schwab telling you how things didn't go the way expected. But listen to what he's saying here, guys. What do you think this shock entails? And what do you think? And could we be living through that right now? How is this transition going to happen? I mean, I, I agree, totally agree that the world order, the way it is built today, doesn't make any sense. That is, it's not in line with the economic powers like India, Brazil, or Germany, you know, that they don't have a, they don't have a, a massive role in the, in the international order. But to me, the big question is, so how we are going to go through this transformation? It has to be, it cannot be gradual. It has to be, has to be driven by a, part, for, by a certain shock that will happen. So now we will reconsider this entire... So if your question is... So the point is, whether he means that nefariously or not, that he clearly thinks that's what we need. Now, the point would be whether or not they would make that happen. You know, like Patrick Clausen was talking about, or like that guy was talking about the George, the, the Chicago World Affairs discussion that they would make it happen by creating the conflict to justify the action, you know, like they always, always, always have. And so now we're on a world scale, world government scale, and we've already seen them argue these exact kind of things. Well, you know, if they're too dumb to understand it's good for them, well, we should just do it without them knowing. That is the kind of mindset they have. That's why I think we're already there and it's already happening. And this is what he says next. That this period could be turbulent, could have violence, yes. could have conflicts. We are already living it. Yeah. I think the last, the last five or six years tell us that we are going through a rather turbulent phase. Mm -hmm. We have yeah, and is that or, is that organic? I kind of don't think so. Lost a large part of humankind to the pandemic because we were all selfish. We did, we were not willing to share. Oh, is we that were why? not willing. No, we 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 create. They created that with their actions. With a benign, less than the flu problem. That's what happened. To cre use the global institutions to deliver uh, responses to different parts of the world. We have lost people. Now, how much more bloodshed do we need to understand that the, the transition is upon us? How? Now, yeah, but what if we don't want that? 
right? What if we as Americans or any other country's people say, you know, we don't want to transition. Aren't we supposed to live in a democracy where we make these choices? Well, there's your illusion because that's not your choice. They're going to argue, well, we don't care. It's best for everybody. And even if it's not best for everybody, that's what you're going to be told. And you're going to say, sit down. We're going to do this for society. It, this, it's just never been more clear that we do not live in the world we think we do. This is happening right now. Now, here's Klaus Schwab, Rage Against the Vaccine points out. This is at the same summit, World Government Summit. He's saying, my book, the thing we've been referencing since the beginning of this, that was regarded as conspiracy theory by the people that are supposed to be journalists doing due diligence, which they don't care to do, it seems, which now we all know it's real. Now they're going, it's the best thing ever, and we should all be fighting for it. <laughs> sort of like how vaccine passports were fake news right up until they said you were dumb for not supporting them. You know, it's just how this always works. All of those technologies, he says, or he says his, whole, his book was considered science fiction. All those technologies have since become reality. Right. You know, you realize we're talking about the fourth industrial revolution, which basically kind of kicked off for co because COVID or during COVID or whatever else. What a coincidence. The point is, guys, all the things that we keep telling you are they were like wearables and plantables, all this kind of stuff that they were like, you're so crazy. That's so fake news. It's now literally already there or being built. And that's how the game works. That's how these fake journalists or manipulators out there will gaslight everybody just until it's done. And then it doesn't matter anymore. And whether they know that or not, is, who cares, really? You know, the, these people like the Oliver Darcy's of the world, all these ridiculous people in the CNNs and Fox Newses. I just say him because I read a dumb article of his today. That I, don't, I don't even think they care or even are smart enough to understand why this is relevant. I think they're stuck in their own elitist bubble, striving for their own benefits. That's what I think. Doesn't mean all of them. But I tend to think the people that care end up going the route of an Alison Morrow because they care, because they have integrity, because eventually they run up against a wall that makes them see that they don't actually have agency. So here's what he has to say about this, about the fact that we're living through this right now. I wrote in 2015 the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And I mentioned 23 or 24 technologies which would change the world like crypto and so on and so on. The book was considered science fiction. All those technologies have become reality. And there are new technologies. And I would say we are in the second minute or whatever you, we want to call. We are at the beginning. When you look at, it, at technology transformation, it usually takes place in, in the terms of an S-curve. And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. Yeah, that's, I mean, just hear what he's saying. Like, it doesn't have to be nefarious to you. Just do you want this? Do you as an individual feel that you had involvement in making this happen? Did you vote for this? Why are these unelected technocrats deciding what the world is going to be doing? This is this literally is what we used to say was happening and got called ridiculous conspiracy theorists for. And it's it's on the surface now. That's what Matt Aaron has pointed out. that These people have always been there in the wings. They just want to come out of the shadows now. This has been there. It's always been there. That's an opinion. I tend to agree with it. And I agree. Hey, thank you. Artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence, <clears throat> but also the metaverse, new space technologies. And I could go on and on. Synthetic biology. Our life in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected, 
and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. You've written it. The master of the world. Extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to, mastering the fourth industrial revolution. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it does Let me see. I, th- I want to play an ending clip. I think I've got. Oh, I'll play these ones. COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization. It legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance and it makes surveillance go under your skin. The nature of the CBDC, what, what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Right. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. And it was around this, this large and would be implanted under your skin. One way to protect your money is by investing in precious metals. When you go to BH... Uh, not that. But the point, guys, is that they're just straight up telling you what's going on. I mean, they just, they are telling you what's coming, what they're going to do. And, you know, a lot of, some of that is just people's opinions. But the point is, this is all on the surface. They're telling you, he will speak to you and tell you that implantables in your skin are the next step in the fourth industrial revolution. And we're there. That's what he's telling you. So I'm going to end today with a clip as we're out of focus with Klaus Schwab and the ending, the fourth industrial revolution montage that I made about where, I mean, in the beginning of COVID, he told you this is how it was going to go. And we were shouted down. Now it's been used and it's being built. Now, what, how everything else plays into this, or maybe doesn't, is up for you to decide. The truth is, though, that I think we can clearly see that these people, governments, unelected technocrats, at, what they have in common is they don't care about you. They don't have your interest at heart. They're using you to reach what they want to accomplish. That's just history. We just need to be real about that, understand that reality, and be honest with ourselves about it. That's the whole two-party paradigm. I was going to say something about Courtney Turner on discussion today, but I forgot it's not out yet. But, you know, just the, the two-party paradigm. That is holding us back in ways that we can't even understand. And so many people invested in it are invested in it for dishonest reasons. And at the end of the day, even those that are in it for honest reasons, they stop short of seeing the full picture, which is that the government is doing this. Not one side of it, not one part of it, not one person, the government. And until we can realize that, we'll always be pointing at ourselves and not the true culprit. So thank you for continuing to fight and being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who exactly. are changed, yeah. and of yeah. course this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had, um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal, in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. 
um, the, the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces.